I gave him a good review though. I just wrote in the review. I just said it's best for shorter stay. <laughs> it's like you will get attached to you, and there will be a whole transference thing if you're the wrong age, like my age, and it's his son's age. Don't don't you, be like his son. I just I uh, regret I never understood what the concentric circles were about. <laughs> Maybe you can email him. Be like, so listen, I know that we had our differences, but can you explain what the fuck this was? What are these concentric circles with introversion and languages of love? And can you not touch me? No, he's going to want to be pen pals. Uh, Don't do it. Oh, my God. Yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Maybe Geek Again, a nerdy podcast where we talk about sci-fi shows through the lens of, like, I don't know, philosophy and dick jokes. I think that's about it. Um, this is episode 58. That sums it up. Yeah, that's about, yeah. Um, this is episode 58, where we are covering The Expanse, season three, episodes 11 through 13, which will take us all the way through the finale. Um, I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Shaheen. Hey, guys. And this week, we have a very special guest, a uh, super fan of The Expanse and other awesome, cool stuff uh, to talk about. I don't know. Give us spoilers. Uh, Alicia? Hello. Hello. Um, do you want to- hey, <laughs> um, do you want to plug your Twitter handle at all to anyone if they want to yell at you? If not, no worries. I will. Yeah, no, my Twitter handle is series underscore station. So of course I have to plug it because it's an expanse <laughs> fan uh, Twitter handle. I actually got Twitter uh-huh. when I when the expanse started, like back in 2015. That's why I got it. Cause, that's so long yeah, ago. I know, right? <laughs> that's your official like personal Twitter handle is... Well, like, uh, I don't... An expanse thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like my fandom okay. Twitter. I don't know that I talk about... Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Uh, yeah. Um, well, we appreciate you coming on and, and talking The Expanse, especially these last three episodes, which uh, I, I loved and I think you loved, and we'll see what Shaheen has to, yes. has to like, completely pick apart about them. <laughs> Thank um, you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love these episodes. Yay. Thank you for coming on. Welcome. Yeah, it sounds like a blessing for our podcast, <laughs> you. which, you know, we have no idea what we were talking no, about. No, not at all. Um, you can find us on uh, Twitter at MayWeGeekAgain, and you can also email us, uh, MayWeGeekAgain at gmail.com. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, what's everyone drinking today? Um, Shaheen? I'm drinking tea. I'm finally back home in Pittsburgh. I'm making real tea now. With the double pot? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So with the whole setup, my you know whole contraption that frequent um, listeners to the podcast will know that there's contentious debate on microwave tea versus Shaheen's you know multi-tiered uh, tea system. Um, yeah. So, but so I'm so happy to be home, not be harassed <laughs> by sketcho Airbnbers. <laughs> but weirdo new age uh, Airbnb. You just got to get your energy right, Shane. Uh, what about you, Alicia? What are you What are you drinking? I'm also drinking tea. Uh, so, okay, I'm a I'm a tea fiend as well. Um, I'm I'm Indian, so I'm drinking like chai basically, uh, but not not what you get in the store is chai. We call that masala chai because it has like spices in it. So chai is just like right now. I just have like black tea um, with milk and sugar. 
but I did make it in the microwave, so don't judge me. <laughs> I can hear you judging no, me. Judging. Okay. <laughs> um, fun fact. So, so does chai mean just tea? It's just tea. So yeah, when yeah. you're saying chai tea, you're saying tea tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm drinking water. I'm boring. It will be good when we go back to the hundreds so that we can record on like Friday nights and we can all have beer and other vices and just descend <laughs> into yelling. Um, yeah, no, I would be fine right now, but I actually like since Unity Days, I still have a cough. Like I don't, I don't. Are know. you still sick? Do you still I'm have so concrud? Sick. <laughs> I'm not sick anymore, but like apparently after you get a really bad cold, which is what happened to all of us. <laughs> but yeah, after you, you can apparently just have a cough for like two months. Because I went to the doctor oh, and she was like, "Uh, well, yeah, you just have to wait it out." <laughs> cool. Thanks, Doc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so this will be perfect just in time for you to be better before we head to Conageddon in Boston. Yep, I hope so. Oh my gosh. Because it's going to be cold there. Yes. And it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, I guess I got my hostel crud because I got sick too Ugh. towards the end. Well, yeah, but you were staying with dirty hippies. Mm-hmm. So like that's all bets are off on that. Well, I was staying with like two or three other men who would like fart through the night and everything. So I think our problem was sheer like numbers in in just one room. Yeah, <laughs> everyone has been sick forever. Good luck, good luck, all of you with your cred. Same. Um, are you guys ready to start talking about the actual expanse? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, today we are going to be talking about, and we were going to like split this up into two episodes, but then we were like, fuck it, let's just do all three of them, which, um, yeah. So episode 311, Fallen World, written by Dan Nowak, uh, directed by Jennifer uh, Pang. Uh, what was that? Congregation, uh, written by uh, Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank, uh, also directed by Jennifer Pang. Is that, am I pronouncing that right? Fang? Pang? It's Vietnamese. Sure. Probably. I don't know. Whatever. Um, uh, and probably can't pronounce it. Is it Abaddon's Gate? Is that how you would pronounce it? I don't Abaddon? know. I don't, I always, which also. Yeah, I've only what, ever read that, so I have no idea how you pronounce it. <laughs> well, that's how we're pronouncing it today. Um, written also by uh, Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank and Naren Shankar, uh, directed by Simon uh, Selen Jones. Kellen Selen. Fuck! I just murder everyone's <laughs> names. I should probably look this up. Um, I can tell you it's get- Naren Shankar, and that's just because that's Naren- an Indian name. <laughs> Naren Shankar. Yeah. So did I completely butcher that? No, I think slight butcherness. Okay, that's great. Close enough. I'll I'll take close enough. Everyone always butchers my last name, so like everyone can just deal with Same. it. Um. Let's get to our overall takes of the episode. Let's start with you, Alicia. Like, what's what's up? Super Expanse fan? I First of all, I loved this season in general. I think every season has gotten better than the last season. They're just, like, getting better at figuring out what they want to do with the show versus the mm-hmm. books. Because the books are still being released, too. So I think um, – and Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank, they're, like, they're the authors. So they're kind of – But this doesn't feel like a, like a George R.R. situation. Exactly. Where they're, like – where they're like, yeah, we'll get to it. Like, yeah. it seems like they are involved in wanting to, like, actually do the work. Yeah, I mean, it probably helps a lot that there's two of them and they can, like, take turns writing. But you can't really tell when you read, like, if who is writing what. Um, but, yeah, I think they have a much, like, a really clear vision now of what they want the show to be. And that really shows. And um, these last three episodes, I think, are, like, the best episodes of the series so far. And that just means right? it's, like, getting better. <laughs> No, I would I would totally agree with that since like my plan on Friday or Thursday night, yeah, Thursday night, um my girlfriend had to had to work late doing some lawyer thing. And so I was like, I'm going to I'm going to get a head start on my expanse homework and I'm going to watch, you know, 
311 and take notes <laughs> and like, I'm going to do that. And instead I was like, I'm tired. What if I just watch the episode and then later I'll go back and take notes. And then that just turned into like me being stoned, marathoning all three episodes, not taking any fucking notes. So I was like, well, well what's going to happen? What's we can't just end on this. Like, obviously, I have to watch 312. And, well, fuck it. I've already watched 312 and Girlfriend isn't home yet. I might as well watch the 13th one and just, you know, finish it all up. Like, I would say, yes, these are definitely, like, it was like watching a movie. Yeah. With so much payoff of, like, all of these things that had happened throughout the season. And, like, they go they go together really. So I only watched the episodes separately the first time. And then ever since then, I've, I've always watched them together. So I actually had to, like, separate in my mind, like, when I was taking notes, just, okay, this happens in 311. This happens in 312. I'm sorry if I can't remember, actually, throughout the this podcast. Because, yeah, I've only ever watched them together. Yeah, no, it's we're not going to go in order <laughs> at all. So. No, no, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll jump around, too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, and then the other thing I really liked uh, for like my overall take about this is um, what you said, Joe, definitely about the payoff, but then also just like all of this crazy stuff is happening. But the questions that they're asking are really like you can you can just discuss the ethics behind like what Ashford wants and what Holden wants and like what the aliens want. It, it's it's very um, human what the problems are in this like crazy setting, which I really like. That's one of my favorite things in sci-fi shows where it's not necessarily about the actual events but it's it's about the humans in them and so i love that these episodes are like crazy action but also really really big human stories i yeah no totally totally agree with that um shaheen what about what about you for these three episodes i also i agree with everything that you guys said um what (laughs) yeah no and, and i think i mean there's nothing wrong with these episodes. Oh, wow. <laughs> High praise. <laughs> there is one thing I will get to, but it's not a problem with... Anyway, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think for someone who's stuck with the story um, that what, that has such that has such complexity of both characters and events, um, this was a great payoff because like, it takes a long time. Uh, I mean, if you just think about the characters, I mean, they, there's a lot of them and they live on like different sides of the solar system. And there's very few moments when they're actually together so they can form any bonds or relationships or alliances or anything. But So it took a while for that to happen, but we see that pay off in these episodes um, with, you know, Gunny and, uh, you know, Gunny and Alex or whatever, you know, all of those people standing up for each other um you know with uh naomi coming back or whatever um people rejoining their old alliances and events that you know um were the payoff of all the the stuff that you know took i think like three seasons to build up (laughs) um and i also found myself not remembering what had happened the first time which I usually remember, like, when I watch something, if I'm reasonably engaged, I will remember mostly what happened. But with The Expanse, I find that, like, um, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this is what happened or, you know, whatever. Or sometimes completely surprised. And I think that's, again, because, like, there's so much happening, so many different characters and there's, all, just, like, all this... Yeah, I think the show um, definitely works really well. Oh, I'm sorry. I think the show really works well on binge, right? Like you, because you're mm-hmm. on top of everything that's happening, all the pieces that are everywhere. 
Because it's also a yeah. slow, like, especially the first season, and I would even argue this the first mm-hmm. half of the third season are both, like, kind of slow in how they happen. And so, like, you've got to kind of really push through to, like, be engaged and 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 it's worth it because obviously they do a really good job with payoff but yeah like sometimes you can just be like it's easy to sort of lose details because some little thing might happen and it's not really as focused on but then it'll come back three episodes later and you're like oh that was important i guess yeah yeah so it was great payoff and it was well made and you know um i agree with like that was cinematically well done everything too oh yeah Um, the music Sorry, I forgot about that. The music was amazing. Yeah. Good music. The music, the cinematography yeah. in it, like the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have this, <laughs> like, sort of Loki side uh, nagging voice, which is I feel vindicated by these episodes. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> why do you feel vindicated? Rant. The rant that I had last time. Remember, so I was upset. I can't keep all Alicia. your rants straight, Shaheen. <laughs> Alicia and I were having a conversation yeah. about this before the podcast, so we can continue that here. But last time I was really upset that um, these people were all like just barging into this ring that's made up of something that you don't you know nothing about. Except oh, we're still could, on this. <laughs> Except that it kills on contact. Well, what happened in these episodes? I'm like, yup, so, that's what but happened. they weren't <laughs> Wait, barging what? in. <laughs> it's because, like, oh, man, a thousand people died. And I was like, oh, yep, of course. <laughs> you went into the fucking ring. What so, did you think was going to happen? My argument was that they didn't barge in, right? Like, the right, slingshotter okay. went in first, and he, he right, died okay. right away. <laughs> but then the next per- the <laughs> next people to go in were uh, was the Rossi. And, like, the Rossi, because <laughs> Holden knew that he had to go slow from his uh, Miller knowledge but everybody else kind of hovered yeah. outside the ring for a long time they were sending probes and whatever like no one wanted to be the first person because they knew what had happened to that that kid that was like I'm just gonna go in on a dare so I think they were mm-hmm. pretty cautious about uh-huh. what they were you know what their plans were and then once Holden yeah. goes in safe like the Rossi goes in and then they were able to contact them that's when they started going in well, and the fact that, like, yeah. people are curious. Like, exactly. That, too. Yeah. Okay. That, okay. That doesn't convince me. That, but <laughs> I like Alicia's argument because here's the thing. Yes, you're right. If you just look at the facts on the ground of what actually happened, the sequence of events that actually have happened, um, they, so they, no one went in until it was probed twice. And one time it was, you know, deadly. Second time, it seemed like kind of it was fine. Um, and okay, but they were and they were That's also true. sending in like unmanned spacecraft and stuff in there. I don't know if they actually showed that in the show, but the idea is that like while they're all waiting, at, you know, there's like those no, I think shock- they mentioned some yeah. probes, but that they never got anything back because once it goes in there, it can't, it could, they, they couldn't contact yeah. back. Like black yeah, hole. so the Rossi was the first one yeah. to contact back and say they were okay. Yeah, uh, and this is also something to keep in mind about this ring is that it's kind of, for all you know, is like a black hole, meaning even if you survive the passage through, there is no guarantee you can ever come out of it again. So, curious or not, would you take that bit? If someone said, look, there's something in there you have no idea what it is, probably death, (laughs) Um, but it's very interesting. Probably death. 
It's very interesting. And if you find the interesting thing and don't die, you can't come... There's a chance you can't come out of there to tell us how interesting it was. Well, so I mean, people want to go to Mars without knowing if they're going to be able to come back and, and already knowing that people they're going to get, like... People wanted to go n- knowing that it was one way. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, people- it's not, this is not a matter of, like, oh, there's some risk involved or whatever, you know. This is like a solar system scale Russian roulette. Yeah, but, anyway, but something cool so could happen. I was happen. saying Alicia's argument is a good argument uh, in that in terms of the facts on the ground. But I would argue, and I don't know how convincing this is, in terms of presentation, <laughs> it, it you weren't convinced before anyway. It, it, looked, it looked like they were going to go in. There was a race to go into the ring. There was um, a race even so, before anything so happened. Because, even before it was probed out. Uh, so because they came out. So we just like last season was the war, right, between Earth and Mars, and mm-hmm. so because they're still very um, unstable in terms of political situation, I think more than even. So there are people like Anna who, for who for religious reasons, or like p- people that are scientists that want to go and just like learn about it. But I think the reason that all three parties are like racing towards the ring is just to control it. Like they think, even initially, they think it's like a weapon because of what happened with like Eros and everything. They know it's the same stuff. So like part of it is also just like going to be like, I want to control it or I want to be there if something goes down and like I want I want to be able to have some sort of like my my foot in the game or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I think they just want to go there to also have some stake in what happens because they're just they're just off of the war and they're really unstable and they want something that will give them some power or something. Shaheen remains unconvinced. Yeah, there's a discovery element, but there's also like a, I think this is a weapon and it has already killed all these people and I want to be able to control it if I can go out there. Right. Um, I mean, they did end up going into it, right? And that was based on what? Because the Rossi went into it? And survived. Yeah, so now they knew that they could send people in. Okay, and so... That's one thing I would point out is that they did end up going into it. And even after after the Rossi went in, it's not entirely clear that they're okay. It's not clear that they can ever come back. It seems it seems like if you can see inside of it at, at all, it seems like really freaky stuff is happening with inertia. And so you have no idea if you're allowed to move anymore or what. Is it like a goo that just <laughs> you get stuck on? Um, and so it... They, so even then there was not yeah i don't i don't to, know that they to, care like, if they can come back <laughs> yeah like i yeah. feel like it's just to be like i'm doing discover- it yeah I'm, like you they're are a terrible magellan largest Shaheen. ships they're sending their largest ships what are you gonna they're do like, thousands yep. of people yeah, not people what, making not logical decisions in the grand that's what logic sense is right like that's yeah. what no. any kind of space exploration is and in fact like in in with space exploration like we were saying mars you know you're gonna what age or lose bone density or whatever yeah like it's gonna mess you up but but people still want to go yeah because you want to see it mm-hmm. like you want to see the thing mm-hmm. yeah no, remains unconvinced <laughs> The analogies aren't the the, the 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 good analogy for this would be like uh, croc, you know, like crocodile. 
like this drug that like you know if you use no it, no we are not talking about like russian body. fake heroin as like the <laughs> option like no if we're talking about like explorers who like set out and don't know if they're gonna die or come back or anything like that but maybe right, they'll but find they some don't have shit. positive evidence they don't have positive evidence that it will kill them and they also, there are a few people, it's a small group, that's the whole point, is that these are adventurers or whatever that go and, you know, venture off into new areas. Not everyone does that. Most people won't do that. So, you know, when, when they show you like a ship full of all sorts of people, including like qualified personnel and then like ordinary people, and they're getting, what, hazard pay? This is like what kind of hazard? Like, why does anyone have? Well, to, because like, the fleet. Don't have to. So the fleets are going right. The military has to go because that's that's the war part of it. Like they want to be able to control, and so and those ships are taking people like Anna who want to go for discovery's sake, right? Like they're there. So there's like two the people that are on the ships and running the ships. They don't really have a choice, and that's why they're getting hazard pay. But the, but then the the passengers that they're taking are the like the scientists and are. Like the people that just want to know what's going on or just want to be there. Or like are like Tilly, who are just super rich and can do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 get into no, talking about the yeah, actual episode. I mean, that was just I was saying that that was always in the background for me. I was like, yep, all of this is you know a consequence of that. But yeah, otherwise Great episode. <laughs> Otherwise, fine. Minus this entire fucking caveat of how they I got guess there. I just didn't even question it because, like, I would want to go, you know? Me too. I'd be like, yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Because you see it on a freaking computer screen or TV or whatever. Anyway, let's move on. Let's just talk about the episode. Um, so episode 311 uh, is the big episode with Drummer and Ashford. They get trapped uh, after all of the um, all of the ships uh, lose momentum. And so bad stuff happens where a bunch of people fucking die. Um, we get some nice uh, Melba Anna comparisons. And then Naomi actually returns back to the Rossi. Um, so this this was actually, this was a pretty, pretty big episode. Um, I kind of, let's just, fuck it, let's just start talking about Drummer and Ashford, mm-hmm. since that was kind of the big thing that spanned the entire episode, and then we'll kind of get into Melba and Anna and Naomi and other sort of more minor characters. But, you know, we, yeah. that was that was the thing that carried us through the entire episode. Um, ha, ha, how'd you feel about it, Alicia? What, what? So I... For, what you got to say? For the first half of the episode, maybe because I never really warmed up to Ashford for a long time, but for the first half of the episode, I definitely thought he was just like waiting for her to bleed out. <laughs> Anyone else? I don't know. <laughs> I just thought... I thought that he was still evil. Like yeah, the moment same. where he where he was using the little, <laughs> the claw thing and then the claw thing like broke, mm-hmm. um, his hands left the controls and then it like fritzed out and so i was like oh this motherfucker fucked that up yeah. on purpose or he's like um, stalling too well that's the thing is yeah. like crying wolf is like you, you keep thinking oh he's evil and then he's not and then at the end it turns out he is a fucking shithead no but he has um, his reasons by the is. end <laughs> i feel like at this point i think he was just being a fucking like power hungry shithead that but again it for the first seems- half of the episode right like that's it really did feel like he was just waiting for her to die. Like that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. But then after, I didn't think that. Like after, you know, he after she saves his life. Everything after that, I thought he he felt he was doing for the good of mankind. But until she saves his life, I think he was like just trying to do mutiny mutiny in a way that would make him feel guilty. 
You think? Like, because I, by the end of it, I kind of got the sense that, like, I, I kind of felt bad for for suspecting Ashford. But then, you know, we kind of get into this thing where he and Holden are on opposite sides. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, you see Ashford's sort of um, his perspective. But it- yeah, I, yeah, like by the end, he becomes obsessed with like becoming a martyr for like, you know, getting everyone killed so that yeah. they can save humanity or whatever. But like, yeah, in this, like at the very beginning of this conversation, and first of all, like, it's amazing that this conversation carries out throughout the episode and it like something slightly different happens and we like find out a little bit more. But like in the first mm-hmm. two kind of scenes that they had, I, I I thought he was like super bad guy and he just wanted to be the captain. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. And and I think so you're talking about when they're stuck in yeah. the machinery. Yeah. I think uh, by that time by by that time I actually came to like uh trust him. I think I yeah, I think I finally believed that like he's okay and the i for me the turn was when he started fucking shit up <laughs> so but you're saying that you thought that he was evil up until that point yeah and you think the turn happened there where he's now not evil because he did his mutiny but he didn't kill yeah so because she uh, saved his drummer. life and then once he went back to like the command deck and he's like oh she saved my life and so he Yes, he's not doing it in the best way. Like, you know, he like killed some, that guy and everything. But he, at the same time, I think the goal that he has in mind, which is to like destroy the ring so that from what he from his knowledge, he thinks destroying the ring will just like cut off all contact. Like and then the earth and everything will be safe. I think that that is a like that's something that he's doing for the good of humanity. Yeah, for sure. So. There was Wait, his, you're saying the um, him taking over and saying that we're going to shoot the station. He, he's doing that for the good of humanity. Yeah, because he doesn't yeah. want that okay. station and you think, to like, yeah. yeah. Right, to destroy mm-hmm. humanity. But, and, but you're saying prior to that, prior to Drummer saving his life, he was doing something that he didn't think was for the good of I humanity? I think he just wanted to be captain. <laughs> Okay. That was never mentioned. Is that mentioned in the book? What? That his motives, like what his motives were at any given time? I like, is it as, is he as nebulous in, in sort of the books as, as he was on the show? He's kind of more purely a bad dude. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> From what I remember. Yeah. Which is why it took me so long. Like, although, um, what's, is it David Strathairn? Is that, that's his name? Yeah. Right? He's, like, he's like super so charming. goddamn charming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like for the longest time, I was like, oh, you know, but he's so shady <laughs> because I had that kind of initial, like preconception of this character. And then, so it took me a long time definitely to trust him. Um, but yeah, by, by this point, like, uh, like in the show and with this actor, I, I constantly want to like be on his side, but he, I think in the previous episode, he like undermines drummer's authority so much that it mm-hmm. irritated me in like a so real like, place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not in like a show place. I was just like, Oh my God, that, that kind of like not boss, but coworker that's like older than you. That's like kind of the mm-hmm. worst. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of, uh, the, the middle-aged moms in college classes, um, who would <laughs> just as a mother to whatever oh, fucking no. discussion was happening. I was like, not goddamn relevant. Oh my God. Um, actually, I, are you about you to know. well, actually this? Yeah. Cause I teach college and, and, a lot of my, you know, regular college age students are mothers, so that's not 
Did you say as a mother, it's not. Doesn't I, I mean, I mean the 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 middle aged moms who like, or you know, I know what you mean, but I'm saying like it won't be a good distinguisher anymore because like kids are having kids, kids are having kids. I feel so. For me, it was more like this is like this like older man, but he's not in charge. Drummer is, and that's mm-hmm. really hard for him to co- yeah. like come to like to grasp, and so he he's yeah. constantly just undermining. Her Sorry, power. I will actually your analogy. <laughs> <laughs> did anyone else and like I could put this in my well actually for the episode but remember when they were talking about uh their closest call of like when you know when they were sure that they were gonna die yeah yeah, yeah. and like I had the exact same yeah. problem and yeah. like Ashford is burned over half of his fucking body and the fact that like yeah, whatever was, caused I that I thought we were gonna get the backstory to that yeah. I was like, to be like oh, no man. I didn't think I was gonna die I'm like your whole fucking face and arm and I'm assuming half of your body has some sort of chemical <laughs> or heat burn on it how is that not the, th- the time when you were like oh, I'm probably gonna die Dude, what was the actual story? I think I was so disappointed I didn't even listen to the, what the actual story <laughs> I don't remember now oh no <laughs> But he was doing something. Well, it, it better have been worse than. I think it was supposed to be like a visual, like a joke, though, right? Like that. That's that's obviously not what he's going for, and something worse has happened, or that uh-huh. he's so badass yeah. that he doesn't even count that. I mean, yeah, I don't think this is something that like slipped their minds or like yeah, the writers yeah. didn't notice. I I think this is yeah probably uh, intentional. Um, I'd like to talk about. But so Wait, here, what? so sorry. What. I'm I'm still I'm still interested in this uh, issue of Ashford's motives. Okay, as it relates to the uniforms or just his motive in general. Well, I want to talk about the uniform thing too. Is like like the whole uh, moral evolution or cultural evolution thing mm-hmm. per- perspective um, or societal evolution or whatever. Um, but I also want to talk about Ashford himself, like a character. It, but also because in part I'm interested in this issue of um, doing something that you think is for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Because I have a belief, uh, I have a, like a, a, I don't know if you call it a theory, that um, the vast majority of people who come to power, you know, leaders, excepting, you know, I don't know, warlords who won the battles or whatever um people who come to power through some sort of cause even if it's not you know technically legitimate most of them want to do something they think is good um they want to do something that they think is uh you know in the bigger picture in the grander scheme or scheme of things is actually better and they, they're sometimes they and they're, they're justifying some of their decisions that way um and then i think over time this is what like jaha said um to clark right i think he said uh i forget who was talking to him but it was definitely jaha who said um i'm gonna mess up the quote but something like uh no leader starts off wanting to imprison mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. or kill or spy on his people um but decisions that you make wear you down one by one um and i think the, he didn't finish it with the end of his like you find yourself at a point where you dif- you know sort of uh gradually incrementally move to a place where now if you look back take a you know step back then you you don't recognize yourself or something 
Um, and you know, you, a lot of times I think the phenomenon is that you got you come to a point where there is no graceful exit, and so you just continue on the path that you're on because there's no way for you to admit defeat. Like I think like Bashar Assad is in that position. Is like if you, if you admit defeat, you and all your people will be murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't, you have to keep killing people. And so it's just like, yeah, you, you really have no exit at that point. Sometimes they get to that point. But anyway, I think that your thinking changes over time. So my theory is that at the beginning, most leaders start off wanting to do something for the greater good. So even if they want to like do a coup or whatever, they think that this is better than what's the person who's already in power. And there's no legitimate way to get rid of them. So we're going to do it there. I think in Ashford's case, it's also a little bit tricky. I mean, they do bring up Anderson Dawes a couple of times, but like a part of the point, maybe even of Ashford and Drummer's conversation too, is to is to show you that belters are not just like one kind of blob of people. Like they all have their different experiences, and Ashford is more like a general. Mm-hmm for Dawes, but he doesn't always agree with Dawes. And mm-hmm. Drummer is more the Fred Johnson protege, right? Like she's she's made the captain of the behemoth because of Fred Johnson and Ashford was Dawes guy. <laughs> but like right, that's I think that's the that's the division in the Belter experience. Mm-hmm. And so Ash like since right. Ashford is not really a leader, but he's kind of a general, but then he's like thrust into this place where he thinks he can become like even if he maybe won't be remembered by other other people, but he he thinks that he's in a position to um, save everybody, and he kind of takes that chance. So I he's I don't actually think he's like a bad guy or he's making bad decisions or whatever. I just think that um, he he's somebody that's been put into this position uh, by you know the OPA type people, and um, and and he thinks that like to get a seat at the table, like to become kind of the legitimate third people that, that he has to do certain things. Um, but he's doing them in the name of the, he's doing them in the name of the Belters and also kind of in the name of Dawes. Like, I don't know, maybe it's it's trying to kind of find the distinction between being a general versus being like the leader that's making the decisions. Well, and I also think Mm -hmm. that he probably, you know, for what, as you were kind of talking about, uh, I guess with one of the last episodes, um, Alicia, and that, that, you know, he's kind of old man step, you know, stepping Mm -hmm. in kind of undermining this, you know, young, this other young leader. And so, yeah, like he has been a general and he is told to then serve under someone who doesn't have nearly the wealth of experience that he has. And so it's kind of, um, definitely cause for friction that way. And then he, in a lot of ways, I think, has a lot more perspective, mm-hmm. like his whole thing with, you know, th- their their conversation about the uniform, because yeah. he has seen more of discrimination against belters in his entire lifetime. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he, yeah. not that they haven't always been shit on, because obviously that's very clear from from the way that, you know, Drummer talks about things. But, you know, he has lived twice as long as, as she has. And so sh- he has been shit on by the inners for twice as long. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, if you when you go back in past, it usually gets worse. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, so, you know, he, but at the same time, he also comes to it with the perspective of like, yes, we are belters and we should not lose our identity. 
But I am also, what was that line? Fuck, I've already forgotten it. Um, But he said it, you know, while they were trapped of saying like, you know, I'm willing to put my own personal pride aside mm-hmm. in the hopes that a future generation of belters will be accepted, yeah. regardless of this uniform issue. Yeah. And so I thought that that was just a really, uh, he definitely does bring sort of a, a more measured oddly to say, a more measured perspective than Drummer, who is a bit, in some ways, hot-headed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's got that fire in her being like, well, fuck these guys. Like, we're belters. And yeah. he's like, yes, we are. But listen, be smart <laughs> yeah. about this. Um, and so I, I liked it. Yeah, the end. Okay. Okay. What about the uniform, Shaheen? I appreciate your segue. Okay. <laughs> it was very smooth, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> Like belt or I butter. still have questions about Ashford's motives, though. What? We... I mean, what about them? <laughs> so, I was, can I ask real quick? So, do you think Alicia or I don't know, Joe? Sounds like you agree, or do you guys think that Ashford uh, Ashford was working under Dawes's command? I think so, but that he didn't agree with everything that Dawes said. You mean you think that he, whether or not he was a mole? Right. Uh, I think maybe at first, but I also, I get the sense from Ashford that duty is very important. And so in this case, his job was to be the best general that he could be. Now, whether or not that was a bit abrasive as, as he actually ended up apologizing to drummer and being like, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't have said Mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, I think that he is trying to do the best not even necessarily being aligned with Dawes or or with Drummer. I think it's he's trying to like, this is the goal. And in this case, I, I think that he is trying to help Drummer be the best captain that she can be. However, that might also mean in his view that eventually he is the captain. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, not... So you think he was acting independently? Um, I think that he... I think that he's kind of like Amos in a way of like, there is a goal and he will bring his experience and his ideas to get that goal to happen. Um, yeah, I think whether was, or not oh, yeah, go ahead. it upsets people is, yeah, is a separate issue. Uh, well, think? I think he was like his from his point of view, I think he was operating for belters. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like that's that was the end. All Like whether that meant being on the side of drummer who was the most right at that point or Dawes or he, him having his own plan. Like, I think he thought that I'm going to do what's best for belters. And the, my idea right now aligns with X leader <laughs> or it's my own idea. And I think like the, the best indication of what you like that you get of his real personality or motives is he also like a bunch of conversations that he has with Naomi, who's far more skeptical and annoyed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he like when he tries to convince her to to join the fight or whatever, it's like always all about belters, not about mm-hmm. any like no nothing about any individual person. Which is interesting because that's actually turns out to be not the way to get Naomi. Mm-hmm. Like that Naomi's whole turn is, oh, fuck. Like I thought that I belonged with, quote unquote, my Belter family to like, you know, be whole. But that's it, not true. But, yeah. it, but that's yeah. not true. Her her family is the Rossi mm-hmm. and her deep seated love for drummer, obviously. <laughs> uh, you mean James? Huh? What? <laughs> no. Excuse me? No. They can do both. Uh, I'm just saying. 
I'm I'm um, not I'm not a I, I I I am not a Holden Naomi like diehard shipper. Like it's obvious that 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 that's what they were gonna do. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like mm, could be better. <laughs> I am, but I I will also admit that I I brought that in from my book reading. Yeah, so like before the show even started, I was like a huge Naomi and and Holden shipper. So so that's like I I definitely brought that into it. And and I mean, hey, three thirteen didn't help. I was like, huh. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about those two, um, but we'll get to that. When we talk about, um, you know, the whole Naomi and drummer. Thing. Yes. What, um, yeah. do you, what about you with can Ashford's? I, can I ask? Yeah. Can I ask real, <laughs> real quick? Um, I've always wanted to talk about this on the podcast, and I think I brought it up a few times, but we always kind of move I'm on. I'm sorry. Um, what do you... No, no. It's, it's, it's like something that we should have talked about, given that we talk about the 100. But I feel like we've never explicitly talked about this. And it seems like this is an operating hypothesis of the hundred usually as well. That most leaders are doing what they think is the best course of action for everyone, mm-hmm. for the largest people or whatever, largest group of people. That includes people who we consider evil or they're, that they're on the wrong side of things. Um, so I want to just maybe just get a yes or no. Do you think that's true or false? Of Ashford? No, just in general, is that a true statement that most leaders, including, you know, you have to consider like, uh, whatever, you know, like Mugabe and, you know, uh, Khamenei or whatever, you have to consider everyone uh, that you think, uh, Hitler or whatever, that they originally, at least at the beginning, thought they were doing something that's best for their people and Um, for the greater good. I don't think I agree with that. Yeah, like okay. I feel like so no. it would be nice to think that, but I think that, you know, the allure of power yeah. and money is, uh, yeah. yeah, because okay. because I think that if you are someone who thinks that they have all of the answers that can fix some, that can fix the world, like you're saying, I can, you know, I'm the only one who can, who can bring about all of these changes, which is why you should trust me. At that point, I'm like, well, then your idea is to do those things are not strong enough. Um, if you, if you think that only you can do that, if, if, if someone tries to hold on to power as super hard, then no, their motives are not, are not to actually greater the good because I Uh feel like they would be more willing to, you know, give up that power knowing that, you know, oh, somebody else actually would be better suited for this. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's like more important to seem like the smartest person in the room as opposed to like actually enacting. And maybe that's some cynicism that's coming through. And I, I'd like to be optimistic and believe that pe- that's what people want. But yeah, it's. I think it's just. Does that assume, does that presuppose that having power is fun? Um. I think, I think depending on the, I think it really depends on the society. Like if you have a society where the top and bottom tiers are very close together, then, you know, that's a different kind, then being at the top of the tier is very different than if there's a huge gap between the bottom and the top, in which case, yeah, being in power is probably pretty fucking good. But if you're, you know, on par with most people around you, then I don't think that there's much fun because there's not that many perks to being in power as to not being in power. Well, and I don't think that people... So I think... Oh, sorry. 
Go for it. Finish no, no, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I just don't think that people that are trying to get – once they eventually get power uh, – ever knew what it was going to be like and in fact most of the time they're in over their heads and they are just trying to like figure stuff out and then they don't actually know maybe what they're doing yeah what about you Shaheen um I I'm sympathetic to that theory um (laughs) I think that and part of it is because I think that being in power usually sucks Mm -hmm. and I think I understand your point about like if power also means like you will have food versus like no you won't have food. <laughs> um well, yeah, maybe that's a good motive motive. But usually I think in most contexts people who are in power whether it's Kim Jong Un or whether it's some congressman or some member of parliament in Europe um it sucks. Like it's it's a shitty job and it's stressful and everyone hates you. And you're always in danger. You're always being assassinated. Like every meal you eat might kill you. Every pen you pick up might have poison. <laughs> and it's just not a fun it life. Seems like, like a I don't lot see of work. what is good. And you have the burden of all these people who died because of the decisions that you made and all of this stuff that's weighing on you and people telling you that you're, you know, lying piece of shit and you, whatever. Like it's not a fun thing. So. I don't know if like that would really motivate people having that life, but um, I guess I don't know, maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way because it seems like some people just enjoy the fact that other people listen to them. I don't yeah, know. no, I mean there are certain people who. But if you know that they all listen to you because they're freaking terrified of terrified you. Of you. <laughs> Yeah. Is that still enjoyable? But that's the thing. Like? So, so I, I I think that you are coming at this as like a reasonable person who would respond to that. There are probably some people who don't give a shit mm-hmm. whether like the motives behind somebody's subservience. They just give a shit that they're in charge. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the uniform. <laughs> okay. What about the uniform, Shaheen? <laughs> so, okay. I So if you remember in the previous episode. Two previous uh, episodes. Two previous batches. Yeah. Because you weren't there before. You were in so, Arizona being weird. Oh, yeah. Being weirded. Um, so, yeah. No. Um, so, Ashford made that argument, you know, when they were trying to space that guy or whatever, throw him out the window. And um, Ashford was like, no, we shouldn't do this because, you know, we if, if we want to be considered as equal to the inners, um the martians and the earthers then we should you know hold up certain standards and that includes like i don't know like due process or something like <laughs> throwing people out the window due process um, or something <laughs> <laughs> some such um so but yeah but so then my question was i think i asked this question at the time was is he saying that we should hold up these standards because these are good standards and what we're doing currently is uh, subpar and like less than morally right or is he saying we should do these things because these are things that inners consider to be more good and right okay so that was the question and i and so we had this discussion okay so uh alicia thinks it's the latter right and i think there was evidence uh, evidence for this in this episode where he says that we with the uniform thing right because it's like um Drummer says, look, it wasn't our tradition to wear uniform. Uh, what's the point of that other than you want to look more like the inners? And 
uh, Ashford's answer is basically, yeah, if that means we'll have a better life, yeah, let's imitate their way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, because that will help, you know, integrate with them. Well, I think Ashford says um, that I am who I am, but that this is just something that will get me a seat at the table or whatever. Like, right? Because he he's like, yeah, once once we're past this stage, we can do whatever we can be ourselves again. But until we get there, mm-hmm. that we we need to do what they think, it, like what what their point of view of like being a serious people is. Like, but he he doesn't. I don't think. Yeah, like what you said, I don't think he believes that that's, like, better. I just think he believes that that's something that they have to do. The way to yeah. get what he mm-hmm. wants. And that's that's yeah. his experience showing through, because Drummer's the mm-hmm. one who's, like, um, condescending about it. And he's like, no, like, you don't know. This is how they'll take us seriously. Yeah, which I, I appreciated yeah. him, like, kind of schooling her on that, being like, listen, like... I'm will like I am willing to be the kind of leader who will put aside my own personal fucking pride for Belters by wearing this uniform. And like I don't like this fucking uniform, but it's what it's going to take to get us respected by the inners and get us a seat at that table. Which is actually Fred Johnson's so point of view. It's not a moral argument. No. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. prudent argument. It's not a moral argument. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean this is interesting to me in part because it kind of is kind of isomorphic to this struggle that um, a lot of cultures have, including the Iranian culture that I grew up in, with you know what they think of as this opposition between uh, their traditional uh, their tradition or traditional life and their uh, and modernity or whatever uh, is the whatever it is that's that's um, currently practiced in you know the so-called developed world or you know western europe and northern america basically um whether to how much of it to adopt uh what elements what elements of it are um you know importable and we can use and is that going to compromise our values our traditional values and traditional way of life um can we have some parts of it without the others and all of that are these good things, you know, and which parts as in so far as, you know, people in Western Europe and Northern America have a good life, it seems much better than everyone else, is that which elements of their way of life is, uh, you know, responsible for that? Maybe we can just adopt those. Like there are people who say we should just adopt the technology, but keep our own culture. Uh, and other people say, no, you can't really do that. By adopting their technology, um, you will gradually adopt their culture as well i mean I, or it will compromise their culture and so there's this whole debate and there's sorry let me just say no, like no. there was uh, and you know it was a lot you know more i think salient um in the past century but um it was it was something that i you know i personally had to deal with growing up and i think a lot of people do um and it, it was something that i think helps people understand a lot of like Iranian movies and arts because there's this movie that I always show to my American friends and uh, I think it's the best movie ever and they don't get it and I think it's <laughs> because of this this struggle that they, doesn't resonate with them which is the struggle of um, you know the, where on the spectrum do you stand there's on the, on the one side there were people arguing what Ashford is arguing which is we should look there's a quote that I'm you know translating paraphrasing um, that says like we should become should become Western from 
the top of our head to the uh, tip of our toes or something like that. Um, and you can argue that's, you know, a moral thing or a prudent thing. Or you can say, no, it's just because if you do, if we do it this way, then they'll take our decisions seriously. So that's the, that's like the, um, the question between Ashford and Fred Johnson, right? I think Fred Johnson, being from Earth, really believes that having a place of the government and having an organized government and all of that is better. And that's why he wants to do it. And Ashford mm-hmm. just wants uniforms and to look cohesive because he thinks that'll just get them taken seriously. I think that that's like, those are the yeah. two arguments. <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting mm-hmm. contrast, and you know, it's very alive for me. Well, I, I don't know how much it speaks to. I feel like in some ways you could take that almost too far because if you look at, you know, you have, uh, you know, especially with the Brits or whatever, who are very much into, you know, wearing their uniforms and wearing, you know, being proper and wearing all that stuff. And you look at, you know, the Brits coming to America, the Brits going to India, and you know, into Australia, where that is not. I mean, parts of America, sure, but like. That for the most part, they England, the English had not been exposed to the temperatures, for example, <laughs> that that they might find in the subcontinent or in Southern America or <laughs> you know the you know the fucking bush in in Australia, and yet they clung to these uniforms, they clung to this idea of this culture, almost to a point where it was it didn't make any goddamn sense. But it's, uh, they they also just felt like they were the best, right? Like they had some real weird misunderstanding of like that their, their lifestyle is the best. And that's, that's actually, I think like what Fred Johnson being from earth, there is this thing where he does feel like that's, that is the best versus like, just, just ex- being. But it's so dumb. Yeah, it's, it's so, so fucking dumb. Yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot. Yeah, You're wearing yeah. a three piece suit. Like I remember watching, um, I don't know, some fucking you know TV show or something you know that that was set you know in in olden days in America and you know like the the culture of the English still came over even after you know it became America. And, you know, and I want to say it was like people at a church or something that was in the middle of summer and these dudes are wearing, you know, the full fucking three piece suit with the neck piece and the hat and, you know, the, the scarf thing and, and the whole business. And you're and like somebody, I think, fainted in the back of the church and you're like, yeah, because it's goddamn hot. Like, yeah. w- like at that point, y- y- it just becomes y- y- hubris, like to think that, yes, you have this superior fucking, you know, idea of of what it means to be civilized and it's like i don't know man you're real sweaty and passing out like i'm not sure how how smart well and the question is about the the oppressed or the conquered people then starting to think like it's it's very different when you when you ask like or when when the oppressed people start to think that assimilation is better because then they think that's how they'll get the get themselves being taken seriously but yeah it's it's a completely different thing when when the the people that are in the better position go somewhere and they think like they those are the people that would go to other countries build a building and then like tell people from that that country that they couldn't go into that building (laughs) like it's right exactly so dumb so yeah no i think um yeah yeah, the question then about like what do those people that are oppressed then think like what is better because then yeah are they losing their identity and are they do they have a choice in that um if they want to and 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 i kind of i kind of wonder then looking at ashford's model like of how and in some ways i totally get what he's saying but you know if we look back then at the his you know at the at the history of people you know so if we have let's say um you know a freed a freed black man who is wearing you know a nice suit or whatever up north he is still not the same 
at that time period as a white man wearing the exact mm-hmm. same suit. And and you know and what, what are mean? his reasons behind doing that? You know, like does, is he is is he being Is it to be more accepted but knowing that he will not be fully accepted? Is it in hopes that he will be accepted? Is it to a way to differentiate himself from, you know, people, you know, exactly, other other yeah. uh, African Americans who are still And does he carry like, that like, what, guilt? Does he carry that guilt about about kind of turning back on his identity or whatever as well or, or his his people right. like you you just yeah like in in every like it, yeah whether it's whether it's that case or like what we were saying with the the british going to all the other countries and and those people like it's and or or belters in this case that have been oppressed by by earth in a way both both in terms of resources and in terms of like they can't even like give birth and stuff easily without <laughs> without really having that medication and all that coming from earth yeah, yeah. anyway yeah. um all right let's anyway. let's let's <laughs> yeah. move along in this episode um let's see let's uh let's talk about um Towards the beginning of the episode, because it's kind of one of the things that sort of set up everyone going to the behemoth and stuff. Uh, there was a nice sort of contrast that we got to see between Melba waking up, Melba slash Clarissa waking up, and Anna waking up. And both of them sort of, you know, came into consciousness. And Melba was with, um, shit, what was her name? Uh, Tilly. Um, Tilly. Um, after having just tried to kill her. And, like, Melba doesn't even, like, really check to make sure no. that she's dead. She's just like... <laughs> cool dead body yeah. deuces and like walks out kind of a- angry and you know we get this immediately after that we we cut to Anna waking up and you know she is also they do a lot of like disorienting camera work and stuff like that and she wakes up but you know what whereas Melba's annoyed by you know being knocked out and you know with a dead body overhead Anna is you know horrified by just this death around her you know she gets like a little bit of blood on her cheek and you know this whole thing um you know and that kind of sets up a nice we kind of check back in with the both of them periodically as they encounter one another, uh, you know, in the episode, uh, in, in the next three episodes um, until finally, like at the very end of, of, of episode 13, you know, they kind of have this understanding and like Anna is there to like nursemaid Melba slash Clarissa. Um, so I thought this was a kind of a disappointing uh, sequence. Okay. <laughs> I mean, which, which part? I don't know how unfolds in the book is there like an Anna Melba cat Do they mouse bang? no, <laughs> no. Uh, but I loved that sequence mm-hmm. I thought I mean I loved the Anna waking up sequence is that what you're talking about when she like walks through all the dead people or you mean like in general no no I was talking about the whole arc of Anna chasing Melba I mean mainly because like the only time they actually get to talk is when Anna kind of barely catches up to Melba and yells at her, the only thing you can do now is beg for forgiveness. Yeah, because she, yeah, she just... That's it? Like, this whole journey of her going around looking for Melba, that's all she wanted to say. That's all she wanted to say. Well, but then she got to yell at her when they were on, like, when they are on the Rossi, right? She gets to yell at her later. (laughs) Yeah, and and have a moment with Amos where Amos is, like, moist about it. Like, he is all about some Anna, (laughs) which I kind of liked. Yeah, but she does Um, just miss her uh, i mean i can't now i can't tell like remember what happened in the the book because i'm pretty sure i read this book like before even this show um but yeah no she like the idea is that she misses her like and that melba clarissa gets away mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you're like bummer <laughs> um no i see what you're saying there was yeah there was more to it later um i mean they had a fight right and then and then what happened 
they got separated and then they at the end we saw them together so i don't know if you guys can hear this rustling uh i texted i texted my girlfriend because i am i'm hungry and so she has just slid uh packets of fruit snacks under the door um, so you want to take a break uh well no i'm just gonna go on mute for a second while you guys talk for a second i'm gonna open up a, a crinkly thing okay. of fruit snacks okay okay but keep talking. No, I definitely thought that <laughs> I definitely thought that um, you know Anna's character got a lot more fleshed out and got a lot more to do in his episodes than. Yeah, so far. I know because pretty much since um, like the Aaron Wright stuff yeah. this season, we don't really see her much, right? Like all that stuff was last season. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, in this episode, I think they just uh, she just finds out that uh, that Clarissa left Tilly to die and like. And then she's trying to kill Holden and stuff. That's all. That's all that happens in this one. And then in the next one, they like actually come together. Because um, I don't. I don't think they ever like talk yeah. in this episode, other than like when Anna's trying to stop her from leaving. Yeah, and and she also gets to um, do that video thing or that live. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In three thirteen, that was, that was yeah. That's amazing. I really I like Anna a lot. I know she's like one of the like soft characters who's like not really in the action and <laughs> just like not shooting people and stuff. I guess she like hits Clarissa over the head <laughs> yeah. at one point, but but well, even because during we had this conversation on the podcast during the um whole Aaron Wright fiasco, um was that um is her role was also kind of you know like what did she do she didn't do anything like it was kind of disappointing too and she seemed just like not seemed like she didn't know what she was doing um and didn't really people said that she played a key role in um exposing Aaron right but she, she really? so she's the one who I don't know if she tapes him or she releases the tape she releases the tape for sure about him like talking and and implicating himself. We saw right they sent to the Mao thing, right? Mm-hmm. The um Jules Jules yeah, Jules Mao, yeah. Jules Mao the his message, right? That um Christian sent to um Christian sent to Anna and Anna gave it yeah. to Esteban. Was that what happened? Yeah. Um yeah, so, you know, she was basically the receiver on the end of the text message um it could have been anyone right like, yeah i think so her. and so far as her being around esteban they were just like trying to play like use like pedal their influence on esteban with aaron Wright. you know they were just tugging back and forth and she always lost to mm-hmm. aaron Wright. because aaron Wright, yeah aaron Wright was always like the one that was like aaron Wright was way more cut yeah yeah like, maneuvery <laughs> yeah no yeah, so no, sorry, I, but Esteban was also a the fucking one. So, I, you know, I guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking about 311, so again, I feel bad talking about, like, the later episodes, but I, I like that Anna's character is the one where we have, like, people like Bobby or really, like, hardcore people like um, Christian. Like, she's the person who tries to get things done with just, like, empathy and connecting with people. And, like, she, I mean, she really does get through to Clarissa, which I think is huge. Um like, of all people to get through. But then again, like, on the... And Amos! Like, yes, she does get... Yes, she does okay, get... Okay, can you explain that to me? I, I would Amos love to hear that. Amos or Clarissa? I, I saw that comment. No, the Clarissa part. Well, I... <laughs> okay. I'm just choosing to repress the whole Amos thing. Um, <laughs> Why? <laughs> Amos and Anna, I just... I can't even. So, yeah. So, that's... <laughs> we can talk about that, though, because I have a lot of questions about that, too. I love it! <laughs> 
<laughs> I was though. I also want to talk about how um, how Melba turned. Um, so you think it happened mm-hmm. in the prison scene? Yeah, yeah, okay. with Anna. But do uh, do I guess do we want to wait? Yeah, no. I mean, we can we can jump at like we can totally talk about this because again, like we'll we'll move along and just pick out other stuff. Um, yeah, this yeah, is we, the we Anna totally part. Talk about I this. Guess. this is the Anna part. We're just talking yeah. about Anna right now. <laughs> Yeah, I think, so I think Clarissa turns one because, like, so she, like, hits rock bottom, I think, when, when she is across in the, the same cell area as, as Holden. Which, which was I such good payoff, though. Like, so it was good. such, because all she had been doing was being, like, a cartoon villain, like, Terminator, mm-hmm. like, being yeah. like, where's Holden? I'm yeah. gonna, and, like, the rest of us were like, you have daddy issues. Like, of yeah, all relax, people to go, exactly. like, calm the fuck down. Your motive yeah. is pretty, like pretty fucking terrible. She killed literally like a ship full of people and like stuffed some guy into like a because, storage unit. Because her dad's like, an asshole. It's crazy, yeah. Like whatever, so her motivation. better. Yeah, like that's, that's your villain origin story, like kind of weak, but fine. But then, you know, to have the payoff of them being in, you know, across. Oh, and also, a, by a the way, room. she was one of the richest people in on the planet. Yeah, so. let me, oh, just let me just a high yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. so, but. and I like that in some ways she was uh, us watching it of being like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, all of us just being like, well, they're in the prison together. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that, like, like that actress did such a good job when she first sees him and he's like, hey, I'm Jim. <laughs> like, yeah. the, and her, like, her laugh cry that happens. I like that, that she laughed because I was yeah. like, yeah, that's the only appropriate response to this situation. <laughs> it really is like <laughs> yeah. that that yeah her her reaction to that or like her acting in that was amazing because she's so like well I guess things couldn't get any worse and and of course this is what happens yeah. but I, yeah I think like so she thinks she's like hit rock bottom then and then Anna the the like person that believes in everybody and like the best person in the world like everybody like no one can find fault in in like what Anna's saying even though everybody realizes that that's like not the attitude we can have right now realistically like that's Amos too right we have to do what needs to be done but like um but Anna's like you know we don't we don't want to spread hate and all that but then with Clarissa she's like oh nope I thought that I believed that but it was vanity and it was just like nothing and and actually that's not true everything is the worst and that's kind I think that's what like breaks Clarissa it's like this person that believes in everybody is has like given up on me and thinks I'm the worst she was like do you have brain tumor that part (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah 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 exactly i i love that because it's like on one side anna trying to work through some stuff of like i am completely like my faith is falling apart because everybody's supposed to be redeemable and it, i don't think and this you're just person fucking is. not yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, and and so i have a question is there textual evidence that that's when melba turned i mean and by textual i mean whether either you know written in the book or uh, images on the screen or said um, I, I mean I think I think that was the beginning of mm-hmm. her turn in the in the sense that like she hadn't committed to No, I understand. I'm not saying it herself. wasn't. I'm saying was there any evidence like did her face change or something? Did she say something or was there mentioned by the well, narrator? Well, I think that's where she first uh she first she tells Anna like that, "Oh, you should have said that he, he like you should have let him kill me." I think that's like the first time she admits that like that mm-hmm. she was 
in the wrong. But then I think it's more solidified when she asks Ashford later about the, do you think the one yeah. good act? Like, I think right. that's, we I think know Anna at that plants point the that, seed. Yeah. We yeah. know what's up at that yeah. point. Yeah. But I'm wondering between I think then, that's the journey. Yeah, between the prison. Because at that point, she's still confrontational with um, with Anna. And even the thing she says, well, you should let me kill. You should let him kill me. Whatever. She's like, you're weak. And so that's also kind of like um, still trash talk. Yeah. In the book, but when I can she see that being the point. Attacks, when she attacks Ashford, um, that's a Holden point of view chapter. So you actually don't find out till later, like her kind of reasoning and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because you see that happen from somebody like from, I think from Holden's point of view. Um, and so, so I think it just takes a little bit more time. Like you do kind of go through her with her crisis of faith, but there's like a big difference between her, her POV chapters. Uh, but again, my memory might be off, but I do remember that like, because the behemoth uh, sequence is so long um, it's like the back third of the book, which, and it's like my favorite sequence in like all of the books so far, pretty much. I love the spin the drum. Like that uh, was just yeah. like, did you know what a, he was like, talking about right away? Uh, yeah. Like I kind of figured out that it was some sort of a, you know, centripetal force mm-hmm. thing happening. Um, but I just love that they just kept calling it spinning the drum. Like no, <laughs> no need for word choice or calling it something else. It's spin the drum. Yeah, well, and they do do discuss, you know, when they're talking about the design of the behemoth earlier, there's like a whole episode where they're like, where they launch it and stuff. And they're talking about the design. They they talk about that a bunch then, like about how it creates gravity. And that's what the Mormons wanted to farm and whatever. Like all of that is they discuss it at length, but. It still just breaks my brain. Like once when we saw that, like when we saw like Ashford and Drummer like in their little like mechanical room pinned against the thing, but like the camera kind of like zoom, like came in from like way out on the ship and then kind of came inside. Like how the fuck did they build that? Like out in space. Like how did they build something that is the size of a goddamn city? Like in space like i just it it breaks my brain to think about how they actually like made that happen yeah i love when they show the scale of like the other ships to the behemoth <laughs> you're I mean, just like the fucking behemoth. <laughs> yeah i have another the well actually about the behemoth <laughs> oh well save it for the well actually no it's not one of my official well actually <laughs> oh well okay. then what is it <laughs> so i just so how does this work if i mean when you spin it you create gravity Along mm-hmm. the surface of the cylinder, right? So mm-hmm. it's a cylinder shape. It's spinning. It means that if you stand on inside of it, um, such that your head is pointing to the center of the cylinder, and mm-hmm. your feet are on uh, on the inner surface of it, then mm-hmm. you will feel gra- something something like gravity. It actually doesn't scale like gravity, or it doesn't like uh, diminish the same way as gravity with distance. But anyway, uh, if you feel something like gravity, um, and the other way to produce it is to uh, accelerate the ship linearly, which means like turn mm-hmm. on the engine so that mm-hmm. it ac- accelerates, um, and that will create gravity on the bottom of the cylinder. So, like on the other s- perpendicular surface, um, mm-hmm. not around the, you know, I don't know if I'm explaining this well. <laughs> not around the well the it'll create surface. gravity anywhere where there's like a lateral surface right like not necessarily just the bottom of the cylinder sure but it will be my point is they will be in the perpendicular direction so like if mm-hmm. your yeah. chairs are lined up along the uh around the cylinder then if you 
accelerated this way, if you create gravity the other way, then you can't sit on them because they're on their side, and vice versa. If they, you know, so I mean, how did it, how did they design these rooms? Is my question. <laughs> or is it that like no one is in that part of it before? I don't think anybody's in the middle, right? Because it was empty. Yeah. The the whole because that was like the panning to where drummer and stuff where there's like nothing in between. It's just empty. Uh-huh. And everything it was is a like big on part the of outside. It, though. It was like almost all of it. That was you know, spinning. The part I, that was. I, anyway. We'll we'll message we'll message the text since I'm sure that <laughs> they give a shit about the science. Um, can we talk about Naomi sort of returning to her family for a sec, and then yep. we can either take a break or move along, whatever. Um, Naomi, she comes back to the Rossi and then is like, cool, where the fuck is everyone? Oh, everyone's unconscious. Great. Um, I feel so bad for her because she like clearly meant that to be like, I mean, she was worried about them, but it was also like this, she, you know, she's made this huge decision, like this it's huge. It's her triumphant like, return. Yeah, I know. And everyone's like totally messed up. And then Davis <laughs> is like, your hair is different. <laughs> Which was kind of the perfect Amos moment, but like it really was. But for her, some, yeah. When did her nice hair change? Was it the beginning of the season? Whenever she was on the Behemoth, she she got like that new tattoo and she got purple hair after the time jump. Okay, just <laughs> um, wondering. I thought it was like on the one hand, it was such like an Amos thing to say to her. On the other hand, as we saw in episode twelve and thirteen, like. He's kind of over her. Like, mm-hmm. she is no longer his moral compass. Yeah. Um, which is kind of sad. But at the same time, then you see him making, like, moral compass heart eyes at Anna. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Naomi was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I love you, whatever. And Amos is like, okay. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, that's what Amos would say, probably. I think he, Amos was so singularly focused on using um, Naomi as his, like, a moral compass yeah. and then she she left and then, and even at, before she left he was sort of like okay I also believe in cap and then all of a sudden she leaves and he's very much like okay what now it's what Holden says and like he even says at one point that like they're usually right inter- like and he's referring to both of them um and then he now now he's sort of looking for a new compass and and it's you know it's Holden and then it's Anna like I I think he um but I think he's also slowly figuring stuff out. <laughs> it was Prax for a while. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, it's, it's so. I love that he latches onto people that he thinks are are good. But I also think that he's like learning. Um, okay, that's also privileged information. So I know that he's <gasps> learning. <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's I, really sweet. I don't buy the whole Amos and Anna. Wait, what do you mean? Why? I'm not saying that it's sexual. It just doesn't... I don't think so either, yeah. Nah, it doesn't have the same vibe as, you know, Naomi and Amos. Do you miss Prax? <laughs> I mean, even Prax is the best friend Prax in the whole world. And Amos. I mean, Hannah, it's just not Amos's type. Like, stuff that she says is just so- must sound cheesy and stupid to Amos. She doesn't say and stuff like... If you want to live, you have to care about other people, which is something you would, that would speak to <laughs> Amos. She says stuff like, oh, our hearts must be pure. And he would just be like, oh, shit. 
this stuff again. No, it's all about like <laughs> letting go of hatred and stuff, right? Like I, I like that, like her speech to, to Amos, and it's not really to Amos, it's like in general, which is like, we have to do better and stuff. And I think he sees that Holden wants to do that too, right? Like, cause that's, that's also when like Bobby and Alex have the conversation of like Alex saying like, no, Cap just wants to help people. Like it's still the same person. And that like that. So so what he sees in Holden is like very similar. And even Naomi before is like similar to what he sees in Anna. Like he knows like, oh, maybe I can't be like this. But like, I think I must protect this person. (laughs) Yeah, I also think there's something weird about him wanting a woman to protect, though. I guess Prax. Did did he try to protect Prax? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, it wasn't as possessive, though. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> like i'm not gonna Anna like, like there's a there's a kind of a um bellamy i, I love that we were talking Octavia about you know for on. for all for all that you dislike anna i love that we were talking about naomi <laughs> and and her relationships you're like but actually anna <laughs> wait i thought we were talking about amos yeah. we we're talking about naomi what? For, for a hot minute oh, and then yeah, yeah. And then we were kind of like oh well actually let's talk about amos and, and oh anna. okay we're still, um, yeah naomi came back I thought it was very clear that Naomi was more worried about, um, more worried about Amos than he was about Holden. (laughs) Right. So when she comes back, um, or sorry about Alex, I mean. Um, I was like, she literally asks everybody about Holden to the point of like annoying them. Right. No, no. I meant Alex. So like, she comes, she finds Alex unconscious, and she's like. Oh my god, I have to do something. And then <laughs> and then she sees Amos and she's like, Oh my god, I'm gonna if you die, I'm gonna die and stuff like that. I was like, Wow, that's some like don't let your kids know which one is the favorite. Like <laughs> um, No, I yeah, I think it's it's pretty clear that she's closer to Amos than or she knows that Amos you at least used to rely on her. In a way that, um, and before before uh, she was the XO, she was the chief engineer, and Amos worked for her, yeah. so she knows him a lot better, I think, than she knows. No, they definitely have, Alex. of course, yeah, they have a relationship, and like, yeah, their their friendship and stuff. Yeah. And also, I think because Alex is like way more chill, he's like, "Oh, you're back, okay." Like, and Amos is like, mm, "I don't trust you." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I wonder if she like feels like she has to like win him over a little bit now and alex is kind of just like are you back okay cool that's cool. that's yeah. nice alex is easy alex is an yeah. easy dude yeah um do you think so we've already Amos... kind of sorry no, no go for it um did you want to segue into amos <laughs> well yeah I, I figured since we were already kind of talking about stuff in 312 um you know let's let's talk a little bit about amos and stuff and stuff for 312 at the end cool story oh okay so what were you gonna say what um do you think amos is asexual um, no, no, I don't think that Amos is asexual. We've never I think, seen um, him have sex, right? And we've never seen him Oh, but he says he, d- he is interest. all the time. No, no, he says he is all the time. What, having like, sex? Yeah. Where is he Every sex? time they stop at a station, pretty much. Oh, yeah. He goes well, off on he, his own. He even made 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 the made the joke uh, in season one with uh, Naomi being like, um, you know, we haven't. I, I, I'd do her if she'd let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're kind of like, well, all right, that's that's oddly woke of you, Amos. Like, right, no, like, well, yeah, that's the thing, gone. is like, she he he talks about it, but then whenever there's actually a girl showing interest, he, or a guy, he's not into it. 
Well, I mean, what are we talking about? The documentary filmmaker and weird, oh creepy blind guy. He was, he was trying to do like that was a means to an end, right? He was trying to yeah, like well, Amos was trying to get, yeah. He never Amos started. doesn't want to be used. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's so. I think he yeah. He'll go uh, when they're whenever they're stopped at a station and stuff. I don't think he's like big on attachments. Like I don't think he wants to get attached. To anybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because um, he doesn't start he says, anything uh, with Naomi. He doesn't start anything. He doesn't want to start anything with Anna. It seems. I don't think Naomi sees him that way, right? Like, Yeah, I, and like he is respectful of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, no, I just, I think he thinks that that makes, like, especially within, because they're even concerned when Naomi and, and Holden get together, right? Like that, that is this going to mess yeah. up our family unit or anything? Like I, but yeah, so I, I think he's more like, cautious and and like he doesn't like attachment yeah so it it is an itch to scratch and so he scratches that itch with a stranger whenever they like that's that's what i think so too Mm -hmm. what about you shaheen do you think that amos Uh, is asexual asexual um i don't know i mean i thought for the longest time that he would be the kind of guy who like wouldn't turn down an offer to have sex um and who would base a lot of his connections on that. And when he went platonic with pretty much anyone who approached him or had a relationship with him, then I was like, hmm, he brags about it a lot. <laughs> and it's like, I don't eat, I don't shit where I eat. And I'm like, is that the reason? Or well, I think so. I think he would have slept with Monica if he didn't immediately realize that she was using him. Uh-huh. Right? Because yeah. he gets mad. He's He's angry. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I, I don't view him as asexual. Like, if anything, I would view him as very sexually fluid. Like, that's yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what the stereotype But I also think that as. he is a very, um, he's very functional in the sense <laughs> that, like, he like would audience. not, he would not mix these two things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he is down with sex, but he, would emotions not let are inter- messy. Yeah, emotions are messy, and he wouldn't let whoever he's going to have sex with, um, you know, get in the way of all of this other shit that he does. Yeah, yeah, that would yeah, be my I would thing. agree. Um, let's see. Sorry, I'm looking. I'm looking through the notes. You had something in here about the congregation. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I just I like that that episode is called Congregation because we talked like in the overall thoughts we talked about like how how there's so much payoff of like everyone coming together. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're coming together on like a religious like ship, but that's now a warship. I just thought that it's such a clever use of word because congregation normally implies like that it is a religious. Uh, get together gathering uh, of people um but it also means just a group of people or people coming together and so it's like that's it's such a smart choice for a title of an episode because it it literally is all of those things and in the best way because we're like we've been waiting for them to like all come together for so well, long and then and then you know you have you have Ashford spinning up the drum and inviting everyone mm-hmm. to be like hey you know, we have gravity. Come bring your wounded. Bring us your wounded, yeah. Right? Which is, you know, I, I wonder if he realizes that that is probably going to do more with Belter sort of validity than the fucking uniforms. Right, yeah. Well, and then also, like, uh, what did we decide on the pronunciation? Abaddon? Uh, Abaddon? I don't know. Anyway, that, it's like, so every book title has, like, some mythical or religious, like, 
connotation. Um, I mean, you know, the first one was called Leviathan Wakes and stuff. And so this one, it's like, I think it's like some angel of death or angel of like the abyss or something. It's like a religious thing as well. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like something about destruction and, and, and like, yeah. So it's, it's all sort of comes together, but, but that is just a very clever use of the word because it's, it is that exactly. And like every meaning it's the, right. It says the Hebrew equivalent of Apollyon, the Greek, um, I guess, angel or deity or whatever. It appears in the Bible as both a place of destruction and an angel of the abyss. Ooh, so. Deep, <laughs> deep and scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So let me try. I'm trying to think what we should talk about next. Uh, you know, because we're kind of bleeding from 312 into 313. Um, maybe we can talk about like the difference between Holden's plan and uh, Ashford's plan because I feel like uh, to what you were talking about, Alicia, with like you know at the beginning of this episode or not this podcast episode of like why you like the show of it mm-hmm. sort of having these big ethical questions of like people trying to do what they think is right. Um, you know, we we kind of have a perfect example of this where. Ashford's goal is actually quite noble in the sense mm-hmm. that, like, he is doing something that he, A, believes is right, and B, doesn't think that he will survive. Which, you know... But I also there, get the vibe that he's just being stubborn because he doesn't want to lose this fight. I, I mean, you know, and that argument could be made as well. And he also doesn't have all of the information. Also that. Because his which, plan you know, is, I wasn't But I think it's kind of funny plan. that... It was like, it's it kind of felt like he was just like. Being well, he doesn't have all the information awesome. because the problem is that the person who does have all the information seems comes crazy. Off as kind of crazy, <laughs> you know. And yeah. so, like, are you going to believe Holden, who is like, so I saw a portal, and there's <laughs> and a, a guy, dead guy, and there's a dead guy in a hat. He's got a thing with birds. I like, you know, just just follow along. <laughs> I love so, so when Ashford goes to goes to talk to Holden, and he's like, "I'm not here to judge you." And like 30 <laughs> seconds later, he's like, "He's insane." <laughs> just, yeah, that's the greatest like little moment when he comes out of the door. Like, he's like nope. uh, that fucker's crazy. <laughs> but like, but I think it's so. It, it was such a good choice because we have they've made at up to that point you know especially with the with the conversation with drummer they've they've succeeded in making ashford a very sympathetic character mm-hmm. um you know someone that we that we are starting to trust uh you know despite sort of his prickly exterior and you know he kind of comes up with a plan and you're like well yeah without all the information that does seem kind of reasonable but then it turns out that if you have all the information this is a fucking terrible idea which i remember watching this show around the same time that The 100 was airing last year. And uh, I want to say it was also 12 Monkey. Like, basically every single fucking sci-fi show that I was watching was doing the conversation of break the cycle of violence. Oh, and yeah, so yeah. to watch this one and be like, oh, so this is just what we're doing. Um, <laughs> I think maybe Killjoys did it too. Like, just every single sci-fi show at the time was talking about breaking the cycle of violence. And so, you know, you have... Holden and Anna and, you know, Drummer and Naomi and all these people, you know, and even even uh, Amos, you know, and Alex on the side. And eventually they convince Bobby to join their side. Um, you know, this this break the cycle of violence of, yes, we could do this one thing, but what's the harm in trying this other thing first? There's also so with Holden and Ashford's like uh, strategy on how to enact their plan. That's also we've seen that in like the hundred and stuff, which is like, do we tell everybody Mm -hmm. 
about our plan because we, which is very much Holden's, right. uh, <laughs> that's, that's the way he operates. He's just like broadcast it to everybody. <laughs> and then Ashford What's who up, thinks guys? he's doing the right thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and he Ashford is like he thinks he's doing the right thing, but he's making like very much a unilateral decision. Anybody that's going against him, he's like killing them or just like yelling at them or whatever. Like you know, he's trying to get them out of the way. But his end game is like it is. Uh, he wants to do this for other people. It's not selfish. So it's like the two the two layers of like yes, are are their goals and like what they want to do right, and then how they're going about it is that right. Again, this wasn't explicitly mentioned, right? This is what we Which? believe is what uh, his motives. What his motives? Well, he were. says that uh, not a bad way to die, right? Like that he's going to die for everybody else and protecting humanity, and he's like not a bad way to die, right? But is it because he wants to be the one who will get the recognition for it, and he no, wants to be the, the one the, who did it? But no, but they even no, talk the, about the, the fact m- that no one might even yeah. know what they're doing. That's the Martian captain mentions that, like, no one will ever know. And then also when, when Clarissa is going through her own stuff and she asks him, do you think one good act at the end of all this terrible stuff you've done makes up for it? And he's like, I'd like to believe that. I think So that's, right. I think he's referring to himself. Um, yeah, I mean, it whether or not people will find out, it's not, I mean, they don't know that whether... Find but they, but they explicitly said yeah. that that no the likelihood of people finding out, like, is probably not very high. What is and that so, based like, on? Um, the, the Martian captain says that to him, right, like, but when why? he's talking about it. And and also, it just it could just be, um, uh, doesn't matter, right? It's just I want to win this. I'm the captain now, and I want to, um, like, you know, I want to show it to drummer. I want to. No, but they're all going to die. He expects that they're going to die. Like if they take right, it doesn't matter though. You think like you know now that we're all going to die, but I want to die winning or whatever. I I I don't know that that's. I I, I disagree. Like I see it as I see it as Ashford having this i this noble idea. It's just again he didn't have all the information. Yeah, and and yeah, and Holden sounds crazy. Like he's telling everybody to power down. That's that does seem. Insane, Crazy. it seems well, and this is the something th- that they can take action on at least the thing is ashford's plan was also based on something that uh holden said because he said that they burned entire solar systems and mm-hmm. i was mm-hmm. actually yeah. i was like whoa whoa dude stop Boy, like, slow down dude like that's a lot <laughs> of <laughs> a lot of jumps there because like he was like oh there's that guy was like there's magnetic field and Ashford is like, oh, okay, magnetic field equals they're going to burn down the, the solar system equals the machine is heating up equals we have to destroy the machine. And I was like, dude, that's a lot of moves right there. <laughs> like, I'm not, let's first make sure that the the station or whatever is actually going to do something nefarious because Well, it kills all those people when it right stopped there. them. Sorry, right, like what? the he he sees it. He sees that the threatening action from the from the station was that it paused them or like it stopped them, and then and then the point of vulnerability to everybody else is that ring through which it can reach into our solar system. Yeah, I and so of... anyway, this is all based on what Holden said. So everything that Ashford is doing is also based on Holden information. Sure. <laughs> Just you know, not all of Holden's information. Yeah. 
But I mean, I think I think it was a, a very interesting choice of the you know the show slash the writers, you know, the books or whatever to to have this moment of you have this you know ragtag group trying to be transparent with everyone, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and again, this was totally something that uh, that Jaha had like pointed out in in season four of the hundred when they were trying to decide the list. And just being like, listen, you, you know, you need to trust people. You need to like let them think that they have a choice in things, that they can control their own destiny. And so asking them, you know, hey, let's try this thing. Let's let's see if we can, you know, come together and, you know, prove that we're not a threat to this ring thing. Like, just power it down. Like, let's let's see if this will work. And then, you know, we have a we also got that that also sort of gave uh, Melba slash Clarissa a moment to sort of have her redemption of like, you know, taking out Ashford because he wasn't buying it. He was the one sort of holdout of this. And so, you know, she, you know, knocked him out or whatever. And, you know, I don't know, like hulked out. I, I'm still not. Do they explain that better in the book? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought so, that was like, I was wondering how they were going to show that because there's an actual. So is it a drug? Is it a, is it a, is it a it's genetic an implant. thing? It's an implant that when she, so there's an actual entire episode of when she goes to some seedy like black marketplace to buy this. Um, and she makes a deal with somebody and pays them an absurd amount of money. Um, and that's when she, I think one of the first times she, you meet Melba actually is when um, she's c- still calling herself Melba and she goes to this place and buys this implant and they explain to her like how it works. And so, yeah, it's like, it, it, so when she clicks whatever she does in, it like releases the drug into her system. Okay. So it is some yeah. sort of a drug and then like, it like makes her tired. Yeah. Yeah. So it like enhances her system for like a minute or whatever, five minutes, 10 minutes. I don't know. I don't remember. But like, and then after she has, she comes down from that high, like immediately. And that makes her tired and and stuff so but yeah while it's while it's working it like enhances her strength and her senses and everything um and and it's yeah it's very black market and she's not supposed to have it and yeah (laughs) so there's yeah there's a whole chapter that like where she specifically goes to buy that cool (laughs) that's good to know (laughs) yeah (laughs) because we we were wondering if any of this is like explained in the books Um, yeah yeah, i was wondering if the thing with the martians um martian interrogators where they put the thing in their mouth like looks like kind of like a little marble they put it in their mouth and then their eyes change like their Mm -hmm. pupils does do you know what that is is that yeah yeah it's also it's also like literally a a drug that makes them more like that enhances all of their senses and they take that for interrogations Uh, okay so they they can read the suspect better yeah, yeah. So, okay, like, they yeah. can hear, like, heartbeat and everything. Like, they become, like, a lie detector because they can, like, sense, like, people twitching and they can, like, hear the hear people's heartbeats speeding up. And, like, uh-huh. yeah, it just sort of, like, enhances all of their senses. And so somebody who would be good at inter- interrogation would, like, be able to use that. But randomly you wouldn't. Cool. It's just, like, these people use it. Yeah. Like, military-grade stuff. <laughs> huh. Military-grade uh, Adderall. Interrogation something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Well, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, let's let's move along. Um, I'm trying to see what else what else we should even fucking talk about um, with this episode. I, I unless. Well, Five, okay. You're three twelve, right? That's what we're. Well, three twelve slash three thirteen. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Did you want to ask about why Bobby had an accent? Is that- <laughs> uh, because they cast a New Zealand actress, yeah, and uh, that that's why. why she has an accent. <laughs> why? Why does uh, Alex have a Southern accent? Uh, I don't know. That is because so the Martians have very much of like they live in th- this particular part or like settlement in Mars, Mariner Valley has like they it's like very Texan. <laughs> so like so, it's described yeah. as Texan. Well, they, so they like Southern music or they like Southern food. Sorry, Southern music. I don't know what that is. Um, but yeah, they like Southern food and they have like, like the culture is, I feel like there's more information about why, because I remember it specifically being like Texan, <laughs> but I can't remember why. I so just thought that Mars, like was- cause Mars is in some ways a metaphor for the U.S., right? And so is it also like a country where like people came from all different parts of the world? Yeah, well, and then the there. settlements have been there for a long time. So actually, is it's a valid like a question. Is like, on Mars? Yeah, 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 pretty <laughs> much. And so Mariner Valley is like one neighborhood or like one area. I think even like one city or something. And they're all connected by the, the like, you know, tubes and whatever. Like that. So, so um, like, I think Bobby is just, in fact, I think Bobby is from Mariner Valley as well. So I don't know why she has an, <laughs> why she would have a different accent. But that, again, that's because. Listen, because uh, the actress Because is... the actress, yeah. So <laughs> and, it's, Martians... and it's amazing. So. <laughs> are Martians supposed to have an accent? No, I think they're from everywhere. Like, it, it so okay. it would depend pretty much on where you're from in Mars. Right. Like, it's, okay. you know. Um, and, and if you're like new to Mars versus like if you've lived on Mars for a very long time or, or whatever. I think the main thing that we know about Mars is that it's like a military, more of a military based society than Earth or the Belters. That's, that's it. But they're from everywhere as well. And then this, this particular part of Mars just has like a lot of Texan influence. <laughs> what fucking weird. All right, I know. Fine. It's really random. I that's don't super why. weird. Um, <laughs> So I think um, I'd like to talk about uh, Droami being one-sided, and then we'll talk about sort of the the finale with Holden and his, like, vision or whatever at the Mm -hmm. end. Is is that all right with everyone? Yeah. All right. Um, So Shaheen. Yeah. um, So I I don't have, like, good sensors for these (laughs) antennas for these sorts of things. So I often miss when there's, like, a romantic thing going on or, like, whatever, when people are like, will they want? one day yet um and yeah and so but with drummer and naomi dromi um <laughs> i for the longest time i didn't get that there was could be anything like i didn't read anything into it but now i, I feel like it's always coming from drummer's side and naomi is just kind of like yeah let's be friends and you know you can flirt sometimes i'm not gonna make a big deal out of it but we're so friends. this this <laughs> is this is the uh, gay who has who is in love with their best friend and it is unrequited yeah. and best friend is kind of aware of it but pretends not to be aware of it. That, yeah, that's kind of And so like in yeah. some ways, you know, like first of all they like they they broke up a few episodes ago where like that was a fucking breakup. I'm sorry with like <laughs> Naomi when being Naomi like was leaving and she was like I love you my people and you're like mm, Naomi come on um so i think i think that this is definitely i i definitely think that drummer has feelings and i think you know it's it's you know 
given given the the amount of shipperiness that you are for Holden and Naomi, I don't have a lot of hope um, holding out <laughs> the, 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 the books or show will ever go so there. So here's the thing I, about Drummer. Well, I think she's also very like. Yeah, yeah, I th- I do see like in the show especially it feels like she has feelings for her for for Naomi especially in these episodes where we see her being like really overholden. <laughs> but but a lot of people are just overholden normally, so it, you know, I never I I I love Holden's character, so it's like tough, but um but yeah, I, I can see why everyone's <laughs> Uh, but I also think that based on Naomi's backstory of having fallen in love with this other guy who like s- felt like he knew everything and he didn't and then he like took her son away and like was like, I'm always right. And, and Naomi was like basically in a position of abuse. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's that it's. And so I, I think there's also uh, a huge element of like, uh, yes, I feel like but also just a being being very protective of Naomi with good reason <laughs> like because Holden also has this sort of like I I well he doesn't have like a I know what I'm doing vibe but he, you know like I want to save the world kind of vibe like I I can see also this like big concern that that drummer has with Holden that is just that has to do with who Naomi was last in love with also mm-hmm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. like there there's a huge element of that um that you like why do you why are you falling in love with these guys though I will say Holden is nothing like that guy <laughs> so <laughs> but I I do feel like you know and the fact that other you know lots of other non-gays are picking up mm-hmm. on this um I yeah. definitely think that the show is playing with it a bit and absolutely and I think in this last episode I I noticed it much more because like mm-hmm. When when they reunite or when when drummer is like clearly heartbroken when yeah. the first thing Naomi was is like you need to help me find Holden and she's like oh I thought you came to check in on me and I was like yeah. oh no I'm so sad <laughs> which <laughs> like you know if they ever did decide to divert from the books and decided to explore that on the one hand they at least have laid that groundwork and on the other hand you know and additionally like I feel like the two actresses have great chemistry with that. And so, you know, if they decide to do that, great. But, you know, if not, also fine, because there is a certain amount of realism, um, especially, you know, for Drummer's character of being in love with your friend who is, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, as far as we know, yeah. I can imagine it like hurts her so much because it, this is kind of where Naomi finally is like, um, and Bobby, too, to an extent, is, you know, <laughs> chooses to stay on the Rusty. But but Naomi is definitely like. I choose. I chose right with my family. Like, and drummer's <laughs> and like, I, oh, heartbroken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, even even from a friend perspective. Yeah, even, exactly. Like because she takes her belter identity exactly. It's so like being seriously. a traitor. Yeah, and and I think in this in the in the kind of them going through up the the elevator shaft and like then her her telling Holden like you know if I die like tell Naomi I'm sorry I tried to kill you. That's her kind of accepting that like okay, well, Naomi's going to leave anyway. Like, I want to, you know, if we all die right now, I want to make sure we're on good terms. And she knows that I cared about her. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah which also did make me sad. I, I'm, I'm a, again, like a huge, like, and I knew, I knew at this point that, that, you know, uh, Naomi was going to go back to the Rossi and like reaffirm all of her relationships with them. But then it's, there's, there's a lot of sadness with that too. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, you know, in, in some, in, in, in a lot of ways you have, Naomi's rejection of Belter, you know, it's hard for Drummer not to take that shit personally. Yeah, yeah. Because she's not rejecting Drummer, but Drummer is the belt. 
Yes. And so it's like, yeah, if you could, you know, abandon this this ship that you're captaining, like, of course, yeah. I would love for you. Like, I'm and, sure that or would- even that her individual friendships and relationships with, like, Drummer, for example, are not enough to keep her there. Because exactly. Because her family is somewhere else and they need her. Yeah. 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 No, it's quite beautiful. I like it, too. So can you we'll, – we'll, we'll move along here. Um, can you explain what the fuck was happening with all of the gates and, and Holden's vision and and oh all God, of that? I'm because so like, <laughs> So are these, like, wormholes that, like, jump you ahead to different universes? Like, I have a it's lot of exactly, questions. It's exactly like – I mean, and you, and you want an answer right now? I want, like, an answer-ish. Okay, so the answer-ish <laughs> is, like, you know what the ring to our world is, which is, like, when you go through it, you come into our area of space. So if you go into a different ring, you just go somewhere else, right? Like, that, that's, that's about... That's about what it is. And they'll they'll figure out like exactly where they're going and, and that kind of thing, like what system it might be or what, you know, like that that kind of detail we'll find out later. But like it's basically like how the ring leads into our solar system. It's, it's just many rings now. So, OK, so they are so they are portals. Each of them yeah, yeah, is like a gate to another space time. Mm hmm. And that's why I like that they use the word ring gate for it, because then you just like, it kind of just implies, okay, this is a gate. Yeah, it's uh, like a wormhole. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions. To 1,300 different systems. I love that term, like, bloody gold rush at the end, because that's exactly, that's, yeah. <laughs> is that what's going to happen? So shit's going to be violent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because uh, you saw, like, when, when his voiceover was happening, like, one of the one of the main things, of course, we missed uh, Avasarela for a while, so I'm glad to to see her. Yeah, I saw her in the credits, and I was like, oh, I didn't remember her coming back. But yes, I remember, like, yeah, we got, like, a scene, tiny bit of her. Yeah, and a like, tiny bit of Miller. Fucking yeah, Miller. yeah. And you're Stupid like, you know hat. where, you know that, you know where we're going to go, and um, that, like, yes, all of these systems are open now. But now everyone can go because now not only did the the did the station ball whatever thing in the center release the speed limit, um, they you know because they were the second time they like blew up that ship they they all got stopped right, mm-hmm. um, and now that they released that so like you saw everybody go back into our solar system that wanted to and whatever like so so not only can you now travel through that space you can go into other space and he says thirteen hundred, um. I don't know if he said habitable, but you know they're going to look for habitable ones, yeah. right? Um, so then, I yeah, I absolutely, I'm not going to talk about it, but I love the, and if you can sort of tease through what, what it means to be a belter and what it means to be a Martian and what it means to be an Earther and the requirements in terms of resources that they have and what problems are going to arise, the fact that like those are the political problems that arise was like extremely satisfying. So I would, yeah, my homework would be to think about like, what do belters need and what do Earthers need and what, how could, how could this possibility of having a habitable system cause an issue done done yeah. done so yeah. this, this is this is your teaser <laughs> for season of, yeah. four yes exactly exactly so bloody gold rush so it'll be like whatever i feel like there were I, we haven't officially had our 90s movie reference but i feel like it's gonna be basically um sort of all of those 90s movies that were about the old west <laughs> And like, and the gold rush. Like, I feel like there were hmm. a bajillion of them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, and then, the and then my other big them? hint word is gravity. 
dun, that's, that's dun, all I'll say. Dun. Wait, so they need gravity or they're Who looking needs for gravity? gravity? Who doesn't need gravity? Who mm. can't survive in gravity? <laughs> it's so fun. Read the books, you guys. <laughs> um, so was this right. question prompted by my little bullet point where, where I'm like, I don't get the Holden tease? Yeah. No, that was that. Was that okay. Because I had no idea I was, was talking happening. about something slightly different. So. Oh, well, you should have made better oh, notes No, then. part Sorry. of it was also, like, I said, like, the bloody, I quoted, like, bloody gold rush, like, towards the end, because I was, like, super excited about that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's what I was talking about. I thought at the very end, when it looked like they're, uh, like, they're just emerging out of the ring area, and um, Holden was sitting, and his head just, like, you know, uh, popped outside of the ring surface and it looked like something exploded in front of him or something came at him and exploded and then like he had a vision or something what was that about oh so i thought that implied because he talks to he talks to miller before that right mm-hmm. and miller says i'm gonna need to hitch a ride so i thought the blue flash was that miller's hitching a ride like the protomolecules hitching a ride with them yeah Right? That's what I assumed it was. What does that mean? Uh, oh, so that Miller going with them. be around. Yeah. God damn it. I cannot take another fucking scene. Well, okay. Don't, don't think that that's Miller. Think that that's the protomolecule detective that is wearing the <laughs> Miller flesh bag. <laughs> you you were giving us great teasers uh, for this because, show. Miller yeah, flesh no, bag. Uh, <laughs> Well, no, I don't. I don't want to say that that's any kind of a teaser. That's just me trying to say, like, you know, it's it's basically the the, the wait. So sorry. Along, so right? you think what the the spark? What was that again? The like the blue. Well, I so whenever I see like a blue flash of anything, I assume that 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 they mean that's the protomolecule. What was it? A vision that he was having. I. Don't was, am I right that that was when he? he he was emerging from the yeah 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 space of the ring. So, so when they were going back into the solar system, right, right, for, yeah. from the ring, right. I I just thought that he saw a flash of blue, which just meant that. But I don't know. I don't know about something exploding. I just I assumed that the flash of blue just meant that Miller was coming along. Okay. It's it's a bit nebulous. Yeah, yeah, but maybe it's supposed <laughs> to be like vague, and I I don't know that that was my assumption. But maybe there's something else, and we'll find out next season. And I actually I don't know. Okay, cool. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, neat. Uh, let's move on to our well actually slash petty dickery. Uh, I already kind of gave mine with Ashford, um, but Alicia. <laughs> so I'm sorry if you've ever talked about this before, but one like one really really annoying thing that I a annoying problem that I have about lots of sci-fi shows is when we have clear screens and clear cell phones and clear electronics. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Because <laughs> it's like, how are you supposed to read without any kind of like, like While the light the inside background. would have to be so bright and then any lights that are in the background of the phone are going to make it impossible to read. And this, I mean, even in a plot sense, like earlier when in, in 311, when they're trying to catch the hand terminal, I'm like, how did you even see that there? It's like a piece of glass that's floating around. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and well, like, shouldn't they be not as uh, fragile 
Oh, yeah, then it just breaks when he, like, puts the mitt. But, yeah, I don't know, maybe the claw was very strong because it was, like, a forklift or whatever. But, like, it just bothers me that, like, screens and stuff being clear because just just for the for the sole reason that we basically already have hand terminals in our current present. Like, I get people saying hand terminals and cell phones and stuff, like, when people were writing sci-fi in the 50s and 60s but like now we have it and I'm pretty sure like I would be happy with my phone around me or like maybe the google glass or whatever like an eye like a contact lens is the next step I don't know but it's definitely not a clear cell phone <laughs> yeah I think I the next you're step upset is, about this <laughs> it's so I always annoying. feel like the next step is kind of what they show on Wally you know when Wally goes to that to that planet oh Wait. where they're like they have a chair with everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're all sitting, and there's a, there's like a it's like a hologram in front of them. So there's no nothing to hold in your hands. There's no ter- there's it's not clear, transparent or opaque because there's nothing there. It's just a whole hologram in front of them, um, like a projector. Yeah, but like in front of them. Yeah. See, yeah, I I wouldn't. I just think that that's like because I've seen that on multiple sci-fi shows. So but so not, is your problem that it will be hard to use it? Is that yeah. But if, if but like, can you imagine how fucking smudgy it would be all the time? So there and there are like there are screens that you can like you know they make screens now that you can like roll up and put away and stuff and like you can unroll like that that kind of thing I get but like so it makes more sense to me when on shows they show people looking at like what Ashford's looking at which is just like a a screen table because that's again that's a thing but like I feel like we we're at a point where we've maybe advanced so much in terms of like science fiction hand terminals that they're essentially cell phones and so people try to be like more like different about how do we have a cell phone (laughs) and that's and that's like what they come up with but it just like i my poor eyes like i feel like (laughs) i would hurt my eyes to to try and use because i think even the computer screens are clear which again doesn't make any goddamn sense do something if it can create an image that um covers the entire screen and you don't see what's behind it then it wouldn't make any difference right but then it's just a normal screen <laughs> right but it doesn't actually have an opaque yeah. back it just can't produce yeah. one but then whenever anyway. we see them use the hand terminal we can see through them right that's a little bit yeah, just a little I bit agree. that's so like irritating <laughs> anyway that's my that's my no, I totally well, agree. <laughs> like they, they try to be fancy with that but it's actually but then like, in the practical sense, sense you're like well so how am yeah. i supposed to have night mode like, the whole point is that I want my screen to be black with white text so it doesn't so hurt my eyes. So that it's, like, easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For fuck's sake. So what about you, Shane? <laughs> oh, so this is a real, like, petty, like... Well, I mean, that's our section. Petty. I mean, mine was super petty, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's a real petty science thing. Like, the guy is, like, when when that engineer guy or whoever he is, uh, who finally becomes useful, and his, like, reduced virtual particle activity... There's a lot of reduced virtual particle activity around the station or something. And that's just one of those things when they throw out some... Sciencey words? Science nonsense. It's just like, hopefully no one will know enough to know that this is nonsense. <laughs> um, so, like, that does, that just makes no sense from, like, a, a particle theory perspective. Because <laughs> virtual particles are basically transmitters of force. So, like, when you have electromagnetic force, photons are being exchanged. The one way to look at it is, one visualization of it is that photons are being exchanged, but these are virtual photons. They're not actual light. So they never actually, you never actually see them. But it's just kind of in the math, like, as if they're being exchanged. So that's what they're called 
why they're called virtual. And, but yeah, like reduced virtual particle activity. What the heck is that? I don't know. So <laughs> that just doesn't mean anything. I'm sorry, Shane. But that being said, the thing on Solaris, I, I finally watched Solaris. And the thing on Solaris is hilarious too. And they're like anti-Higgs machine. I'm like, oh, dude. Okay. Then I don't you know if that's the bar. I don't hold, you know, any other sci-fi to any other standard. I know. Yeah. Like you'd notice stuff like this because otherwise the show is normally pretty good at showing like physical. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's actually. You know? the, yeah. yeah. So, so then you actually notice if something's like randomly a little, off. a little yeah. dumb. <laughs> um, any other thoughts of, of these episodes of the next season or anything? Mm. I think my my homework for you guys to to think about what I said. <laughs> oh, but I'm also excited about the um like what Miller says, which is like what killed the aliens. Yeah, like cuz that's not scary <laughs> at all. <laughs> that's, you know, this this thing that has come into our universe that is far more advanced and they're running away from something else. Um I'm sure that that's I'm sure it's fine and it's nothing to be worried it about. It sounds kind of um biohazardy. Like a it, disease that like went through the universe? Yeah, something. There's maybe some parasite that takes over your nervous system or something. Because like they had to burn it. Um, oh, yeah. Burn the solar systems. So Yeah, which... Oh, like... It the, sounds you like think it was that they like spreading. velveteen rabbited like solar systems? Like back in antiquity when you would get sick and they would just burn everything yeah. you touched? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then how does... The, we've seen that, like, the al- this alien, like, the station can be damaged, but, like, to damage something that can change, like, the physical properties of yeah. its surroundings? That's so some serious shit. So it wasn't able shit. to stop them. Yeah. Um, spooky. Spooky. Uh, TV shows to recommend. What are you watching that's good? Alicia, anything? Oh, I just, um, I mean, this is like an old recommendation, I guess, but I just like binged Schitt's Creek. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my God. I love it so much. Oh, it just makes me smile. It's very sweet. And especially now that they've like embraced their life. It's, it's so sweet. I love it's it. It's a good show. <laughs> I love it. Um, very that funny. Yeah. Very fish out of water. I've yelled and about it's it completely on the show. A, a different genre than this. So I'm sorry. Yes. Umbrella Academy was pretty good too. I re- I liked that. That was, that was weird and fun. And yeah, that was fun. And I've sci-fi. seen it on Twitter. I haven't. We haven't watched it yet. We're just finishing up uh, Runaways right now, so I don't know Ooh, what we'll get to next. Uh, what are you watching, Shaheen? Um, well, new thing I'm watching is Twelve Monkeys, but um, that's been recommended on this podcast uh, <laughs> quite a bit. Yay. So um, yeah, uh, hopefully, I don't know. Maybe at some point I'll get to talk about it, or maybe not. Um, but I was gonna just give an update on uh, Under the Dome. Because I recommended it last time, and then I said that um, I'm kind of I kind of sus- suspect that we're never gonna find out what the dome is or like how it, where it came from or what it causes it or whatever. Uh, so I was wrong about that. They tell you? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, a large portion of the plot actually involves just finding out, and then once it is revealed, what the whole deal was and why it's there. But there's a crazy, mind-blowing pivot <laughs> right at the beginning of season three that I did not see coming, and um, I think it probably that's where it deviates from the book. I'm not entirely sure because I, it, I don't think that the book goes on and on like that. So um, yeah, so but there's it's pretty. I'm just gonna say, is it worth watching? If you like City of Light. 
that would be <laughs> which you like you to do. see a, yeah, that would be a cool thing to watch um so basically uh in a little i guess at the end of april uh the the hundred will be back for season six so we will be bringing you those podcasts we're still kind of figuring out our programming notes uh to see if we whether or not we can fit in at least one season of humans before then or if we're gonna have to wait but i know that the next show regardless of that we will not be covering any other shows besides the hundred except for humans whenever that might be um but because we haven't gotten a trailer or any fucking information <laughs> about the fucking hundred, uh, no cons, no actors, no nothing. No one will tell us anything. What are your predictions real quick? I'm putting you on the spot. What are your predictions for season six? Go, Alicia. Oh, man. Oh, well, they're going to go to a planet that looks very much like Vancouver. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and uh, they're going to meet a bunch of people that are that have their own reasons for doing the stuff they're doing <laughs> and um just and, trying to yeah. stay at the and right level of generality they're gonna um there's gonna, there's be, gonna be conflict some guns and shooting and and someone's someone's gonna say there's gonna be permanent like threat of they, war but yeah. it never happens yeah is is are is kane gonna wake up from cryo <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> is Kane gonna act like a person from now? Okay, on? you should. Okay, you should just have like a um, you know, like a like a bingo card. That, uh, no, what's that game where you like have to bet something, but it, it has to be like under under the number that? Oh my god, I'm like completely blanking on the. But basically, guess how many people they're going to wake from cryo, and if you're right, like somebody should win something. <laughs> oh, oh, like Price is Right rules. Yeah, Price like is where... Right. That's what it is. Oh my god, and a complete brain fart. But yeah, like guess so. So like guess I would guess like seven people are going to be woken up at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Who are your Who are your seven? Oh God. <laughs> the main cast. Well, the yeah, but also like Jackson and whoever we've seen in the pictures so far, they're gonna be woken up. Didn't right? Jackson die? No. <laughs> Wait, did he? No, I don't think so. He wasn't. He was in a picture, I think. Oh God! What? No, no, no he didn't die. No, no. no. Wait, Shaheen, do you think? Do you think? Uh, do you think Kane is gonna get woken up? I thought or do you they think were all going to wake up. I didn't know anything. Like really? all of them? All of the no. grounders? Everyone that's been in cryo? Oh, God, I hope not. Like one crew, yeah. <laughs> we know, you know, we, you want some people to be about to be killed. Oh, we need some red, red shirts. shirts. They need to yeah. wake up some red shirts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. like, you know, who's going to, like, they're going to threaten what? Oh, yeah, because, like, like, some animal's going to eat them or whatever, right? Like, some you need somebody that just gets yeah. eaten by, like, something that never shows up again. What if it's a plant? Like, what if they're giant, um, like, Little Shop of Horrors, uh, Venus flytrap plants um, that eat people on this planet? I mean, listen, I would enjoy that. <laughs> I really would. But yeah, no, so that's my that's my guess is that there are gonna be some people There's gonna are, be some conflict. That, are, that yeah, somebody's somebody's gonna somebody's gonna have guns and and then um <laughs> something something my people sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so exactly. The end. <laughs> will will Clark's vagina have any more casualties this season? Or um, is she gonna keep it in her in her pants? Nyla season. didn't die. Nyla survived, yeah. So, Ni- so right? far, Nyla yeah, is the so only one to have survived. But she also drank the Kool-Aid hardcore. So, you know. <laughs> so she's as good as dead. 
<laughs> we, we've written her off as a well. So she's one of those people that I don't think will be woken up. Okay. Right? Okay. So you think Jess Harmon is permanently fridged or no, 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 on no. Ice? woken up like immediately, like maybe episode six. Okay, so she's seven. not one of the first people to touch down on. I don't on, think so. on the new planet. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Shaheen, what about what about you? Any any predictions? Um, I don't know to what extent these are predictions and to what, to what extent what I hope will happen, but, um... <laughs> I love so, it. It's so sweet. You're talking about what you hope is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking primarily what can they switch up? What can they change that's not just another, oh, Rehashed. we've landed on Earth, there are grounders. No, yeah. um, so I think one difference is going to be um, the sort of connection with the uh, Eligius and all of that business, and uh, um, what's the guy's name? Um, uh, Cadigan, crazy Cadigan, Bill. yeah. So I think what's going to happen is something like um, they know already that these people are are arriving. Like when they when they arrive on the planet, the people on the planet already know that they're going. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Um, oh, that would be interesting. So they're like waiting for them. Yeah, and they have like a whole plan. And these, and then these people are like, "No, fuck you! We don't want you to find or something like that." <laughs> um, pew pew. <laughs> yeah. So then, then some people have guns, and <laughs> um, I also hope slash predict that we're gonna see some freaky technology that can just be justified by, "Well, this was a different planet, and it's two hundred years later, and now they have things that can, try, you know." teleport you instantaneously and also turn you into fire and stuff like that so (laughs) and i also hope that we see a lot of um freaky like nature like different yeah animals you mean the weird things of vancouver like (laughs) plants that you were talking (laughs) about the venus flytrap that's what i'm like it's it would be fun yeah so okay I, i don't know We'll see. I love that, like, because we can't actually speculate on anything because they have told us nothing. They've they've told us less than they did last year, which was not a lot, and most of it turned out to be lies anyway. So <laughs> I also um, think that there are twelve stations on that planet. Oh, I'm oh, sure, or thirteen that we don't know about. <laughs> right, yeah, of course, obviously. Do you think, 13. Joe, that by the time we go to Conageddon, they will have given us a trailer? Yeah, I don't know. It's in like two weeks. Two and oh a half God, weeks? Yeah, it is. Ah, um, ah. <laughs> like, I... God, the CW promotions department is just fucking awful. Like, I... Uh, Isn't this on purpose, though? Like, I thought they were just burned with all the, uh, you know, leaks and everything that... Yeah, like, they were so... They're so crap about that, too. Like, they, they either, like, you know, they're like, oh, we want to keep something secret, and then it just... It gets leaked, and then, on the other hand, they, like, don't yeah. release anything, and everyone, like, yeah, I don't get and it. And they're like, get hyped for the show. I'm like, what is there to... Like, you've literally given me nothing. <laughs> and the thing is, the the trailers in the past, they all ended up, like, telling us most of what happens. Pretty much, that, too. So, so, so I think they're yeah. just trying to avoid that this time. Well, why so, don't they... Why do they have to have a trailer that's, like four minutes long i don't understand that idea either like i don't understand because the why cw like, promotions department it's is so garbage. dumb like they should have like what episode <laughs> promotion is like which is like a 30 second tree teaser like I don't, and that's it we don't need like 
the whole story. Yeah, they, they just yeah, it's like those yeah. movie trailers that tell you exactly what's going to happen. Like, no, just just give us like a thirty second <laughs> yeah. thing, and that's that's enough, and it's. Fine. I also think that like trailer can be mostly um, like concentrated on the first episode or the first couple. Episodes. That too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just give us like a trailer be... for the first three episodes cut together. That's yeah, all I need. Something yeah, like that. it's fine. I still, I still remember in season four, like the trailer had scenes from like Dial, <laughs> which was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to give us, you, yeah, just you, you not, don't have to spoil that much. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand why they're like all or nothing about this kind of stuff. It doesn't. It's it's dumb. Um, all right. So we have no idea on season six. <laughs> um, we're excited about the expanse. Uh, you will come back and talk with us on humans, right? Yes, Ooh. yeah. I guess that's a, yes. that's a show you should recommend. It's such a I'm good excited. show. I love yes. it. Yeah. Um, so, it, dear listeners, uh, please start watching humans uh, as we will yes. be spoiling the shit out of every like we we will we will be talking about it as if you have seen the whole thing, which reminds me, I need to start season three. Um, what? <laughs> well, I know, actually, I, know. I need to finish season three. I'm like three episodes. Okay, away. so enough of you giving me shit about that. Oops. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anything else, guys? Before we wrap it up. No, um, watch humans. We'll watch humans talk about it later. Come, come time. yell at us on Twitter. Uh, that's all I got. Um, thanks everyone for coming by. Thank you so much for stopping stopping by the studio, Alicia. Thanks, thanks um, Alicia. Yeah, thank you yeah. for having me. Thanks for being Maybe here. Geek again. Th- you yeah, know that yep, was my line. Yep. <laughs> you never say it though. <laughs> Don't I? Oh, sorry. Okay, bye guys. May we geek again. <laughs>